Wrestling Geeks Hello, everyone out there. How are you guys doing today? Whatever day that you're listening to this, I hope you're having a great time. This is another enticing episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, a weekly show that me and Chris do, Christopher Brother Ray Patton, my co-host, twice a week where we review and go over the news within professional wrestling. Our last show that we did, we went over AEW and NXT, so go check that out. Uh, We're on pretty much every downloadable platform between YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Just search Wrestling Geeks Alliance. You'll find the episodes if you're a new listener. So if you want to hear what we have to say about AEW, uh, NXT, and some of the other big news items that came out earlier this week, check that out. It's up. And this will be going over Raw and SmackDown from this last week. But before we do that, let me introduce the host, co with the most O. God damn it, that was terrible. Brother Christopher Ray Patton. I even screwed up your name, how I usually say it. Stop me! <laughs> Did you call me the hostess with the mostess like I'm a fucking snack cake? No, I, I screwed that up. I realized, you know, I tried to call you the host co instead of co-host. It's with, I was going to say that, and I said the coast ho with the... I don't even know what the hell I said. I just need to stop talking. Yeah, East Coast for life, bro. Let's get it. Dirty South. Get it, get it. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying that like Frank Sinatra. Dirty South. Get it, get it. Can you really feel me, East Coast? Feel me, feel me, West Coast. Feel me, feel me. <laughs> God. Can you guess our skin color out there? Jesus Christ, that was the whitest moment we've had on the show between me and you. Uh. <laughs> Well, you did say do it like Frank would do it. Swing, I, I have pop in the cell. I haven't, I haven't had enough alcohol in cigars to do it like Frank would do it. So that's a good point. Need about I don't know eight martinis deep. <laughs> Just dry as fuck. Can you imagine being Frank Sinatra and showing like Frank Sinatra is basically the Ric Flair of music where like you can just show Absolutely. up as lit as as lit as you want and it's gonna be good no matter what. <laughs> basically, still's gonna kill it. <laughs> now, as much as I love him, Dean on the other hand sounds a lot of times like you know, like while he's talking on. Uh, Dean Martin has one of my favorite sing- songs of all time, and I can't even think of the name of it right now. Uh, but it's at the, the end. Uh, no, 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 not that one. That's very it's terrible. not. Baby, it's called outside. People, we know that song's evil. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, yeah, carry me, carry. I can't think of it right now. If you played Mafia One, when you murder this guy and you have to go bury him at the top of the hill, they play that song. So for your video game fans out there, play Mafia One, get to that scene where you have to go bury a guy, and you'll know the song. Is that from? Is that on PlayStation? Like the first one? Ooh, no, nah, it's uh, PS2. But oh yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Taking it way back. 
the Wayback Podcast with, <laughs> with Jane and Chris. Hey, everyone, we're talking about Mafia 1 for PS2. Uh, all right. Well, I think we're just trying to prolong the inevitable, man, and breaking up Raw and SmackDown. Um, I don't even remember what happened on Raw, but luckily, due to Forbes, which I think I'm going to start using now for this, um, they have good results because they don't have giant fucking nine-paragraph breakdowns. It's kind of like the big shit, and they give you the who who won. So I appreciate the Thank you, Forbes, for letting us do this without really... Whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, Chris, you watched SmackDown last night, uh, and you watched Raw. Uh, give me your, your, your breakdown real quick. What would you think of the shows? Uh, they were okay. <laughs> and, you know, lately they've had, you know, a good SmackDown show here and there. They've had a good Raw show here and there, good matches. This week was really just kind of, well, well, it is what it is, brother. As a as, as Macho Man would say, he is what it is. It was very much the uh, Macho Man episode of "It is what it is." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll also probably go over the uh, finals for the New Japan Cup that happened a couple hours ago. Which why would they do it in the middle of the night? They're over in Japan. If anyone's asking that, I hope you're not asking that. But so we we might go over some of that stuff too. Um, now I just have to see it. Uh, find a way to do that. Later on, I guess we can go into this one news item that I was talking to you about. Basically, Wrestling Inc. was talking uh, to Ric Flair, and um, they were asking him questions, you know, a bunch of different stuff. They went on the uh, topic of AEW. He says that he kind of casually watches it because Ric Flair's got to be at Chili's sometimes and hang out and shit like that in the bar. So. <laughs> Or like I'm just if kidding. You're, if you're in the Duluth area, Frontera, uh, specifically for across from where I work, he gets his hair cut at that Great Clips, shops at that Kroger, and also uh, Arena Sports Tavern hangs out there. Even some of those like hype videos for the Falcons, they're just filmed outside of Arena Sports Tavern. So if you want to stalk him, go to Arena, just hang out around that area. Ric Flair shows up. Apparently, he lives close by. He does because he used to go to. Um... Vinny's, the Italian restaurant around the corner from there. Uh, my buddy Michael Hoyt, shout out to you. Big wrestling fan. Uh, had to serve him and didn't really know what the hell to do. He pulled what I pulled when I worked at Ruby Tuesdays and I had to serve AJ Styles. I was just like, bah, 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 like the whole entire time. But uh, he didn't say much. Whereas I think if Ric Flair, if I was serving him, I'd try to make a lot of a, a big conversation with it. Just because I would have to. But you can't act like a fucking Mark, Chris, right? Yeah, you're right. I mean, the one time that we were all, it was a work event, and he was at the bar with uh, his now wife, I guess. I don't know if they were married at the time. Uh, my boss they at the were, time. Dolph Ziggler walked her down the aisle. They were. <laughs> they, they are married. But uh, my pictures. boss just sent him a drink, and then he lifted the drink, and we lifted our drinks, and that was that was my Ric Flair moment. Because otherwise, if you want to get Ric Flair to sign some stuff, you're, you're talking about paying some money if we walk up to him in public he's gonna be like all of a sudden dylan <laughs> walks out and is like uh excuse me sir uh, come over here come over here what's up jj so if you want an autograph you're gonna have to provide some type of content of cash for uh this transaction oh well fuck never mind okay get the hell out of here i have a really woo. great uh <laughs> i have a really great rick Flo- flair florida story but i want to record it from uh, 
one of my boss's standpoint when he met him, he was going to Florida State at the time and met Ric Flair in the 80s. Oh, my God. I wonder if and Lee Roth uh, ever got fucked up together. I have no idea. But it is a trough, like, you know, urinal troughs, where it's just like ice chips or whatever, one long barrel you pee on. Yep. It's I one do. of those stories. So it's... uh. <laughs> It's pretty good. I'll I'll try to get that recorded and bust it out. So you guys be ready for that when it happens. <laughs> All right. Well, Rick was talking about WWE, and then they asked him about AEW. And the question that was proposed to him was, Cody has been teasing a reinvention of the Four Horsemen in some way in AEW. And uh, they asked if that would, you know, be a problem or, or I don't know, I guess offensive <laughs> to Rick. And... And he said, no, I'd be for it. No matter who does it or how it's done, it it uh, attributed to us. To this day, I'll see Arn, and we'll do signings now and then. And the whole joint walks around with their four fingers up uh, to this day. If we're together for signing, and if we're on different sides of the world, the people that come back and forth to get signature and pictures, they all doing the same thing. They're putting up the four fingers. But tell him, just imagine if we had been in the era of marketing. Yeah, that's a good point. Or if we had been working with WWE who knew and knows how to market. The marketing, in some cases, can make it bigger and better uh, than you even are. I don't see, I don't like to see that, but it does exist. But I'm happy for the money that everyone makes because they earn it. They're earning it right now despite the health crisis. So I'm happy to see them all making money for the Four Horsemen or whatever they decide to do. Guys like Arn and I hope myself, Tully, Barry, will always have a place. And, of course, the infamous J.J. Dillon. And he laughed. So uh, that was, that was uh, you know, <laughs> the statement basically was Rick Flair said, like, I don't care, man. You know, he also talked about Cody in depth and, like, how proud he, he is of him um, with his dad. Um and it, it seems like Rick's like, as long as you're fucking, you know, bringing money back to me and keeping that shit alive, go for it. <laughs> but he's very well aware that Arn and Tully are, are kind of involved in the progress and also made a concept unrelated to this, but kind of revealed that at one part in time, what's going on with him and uh, Randy Orton was suggested to WWE along with the revival. And that's when they decided to say, screw it. We kind of heard about that, um, not knowing Rick's involvement. And it was, I, I'm assuming that was kind of going to be like a mini horseman concept in the WWE, but they didn't go for it. And soon after that, the revival left. So hearing about all this information, it's uh, nice to have the OK from uh, from the Nature Boy. But Arn's the founding member, for one thing. I love Rick. Um, it's cool to hear him say this, but it really seems like he's like, well, there wasn't really great advertising for us back then. So now we're ripping the benefits now that people are keeping the fucking trademark alive. So make a million for horsemen. Woo! And then he walked off. And they cued that WCW four horsemen theme. That's so badass. (laughs) (laughs) The best four horsemen theme. Um, I mean, like, of course, Rick doesn't care. He's done this uh, across multiple platforms, right? He did this. I mean, Evolution is kind of just Four Horsemen to some extent, right? And uh, and he did it in TNA. I mean, he is the Nature Boy. Uh, was he the first Nature Boy? Hmm. I don't know. 
we should we should I think it feels a like I'm missing a major name. <laughs> Buddy Rogers, I think is his name. Oh, man. weird. It's really weird that he was like, I want the Nature Boy moniker, but I'm going to act like Gorgeous George. <laughs> think about that. Mind blowing. Uh, no, I mean, really? it, of course he's. I, I mean, he has to be cool with this at this point. Like, he. <laughs> There's a whole time period where he taught Miz how to p- apply a figure four. This would be like the least thing to be offended by if they do a four horseman. You know, like WCW Mongo McMichael was a four horseman at one time. So uh, yeah. <laughs> as long McMichael as Rick a... is out there and Rick's getting money, I don't think he cares. Hey, I mean, the, act- <laughs> the actual question is like, did he win that copyright lawsuit against WWE for being the man? Mm-mm. No, he did not. And guess what he did right after that? Got a job and got more money. So Rick's always going to the bank now. He had to pay like three fucking sets of alimony that fucking bankrupt his ass. So he's trying to like, you know, he's doing his thing. He's a he's a fucking nature boy. Charlotte Flair is pretty great. <laughs> she is pretty great. <laughs> Throwing shit up there. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> wants to put something together in the WWE later on, maybe with, like, Tessa Charlotte and Randy or some shit, or one other person that's, like, a second generation. I'm all up for it. It's it's Rick. He can do whatever. He's saying anyone can do whatever the fuck they want. And, Owen Anderson! Woo! Uh, you know, you're doing a good job. I love how he puts over Arn Anderson in this a bunch of times. Doesn't say shit about Tully until the end. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if there's still heat there, but sounds like it. I mean, I think it's absolutely crazy that WWE has him on TV in general with all of his health issues. That's that's a whole different story, especially when you look at like what they do with, uh, let's say, Tully and Jake the Snake, where they're basically very protected and way far away from everyone else unless they're involved in the match. Right. And then Rick Flair, I'm just cutting a promo. (laughs) So, but, you know. It is Ric Flair, so what? What I mean, Terry Funk's probably somewhere cutting the promo right now. I think he's in the uh, old ECW arena, just cutting a promo, just with no one there. Hope he records it. Love Terry. Yeah, that'd be the best. You sons of bitches out there in the world! I'm gonna fuck all of you up. Terry's a heel again, and I'm still do crazy. You, do you want to see me hit? Tommy Dreamer in the head with a chair. Tommy Dreamer's on Twitter. Like, why is he trying to hit me with the chair? <laughs> no, Tommy. If if that was if that was the case, Tommy Dreamer would start driving towards fucking Philadelphia immediately. He'd be like, "Oh my god!" Marking out in the car again. Like, he wants to hit me in the head with a chair again. It's not like Terry's <laughs> going to do much damage, anyways. He's hit, the the chair's going to be out of his hands by the time he comes down with it. So, uh I'm just saying, Terry's he's getting older. He's 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 getting up in age. So all those guys, man, it's crazy that they're getting so old. We're getting old, Chris. We're getting old, and they're getting really old. Terry is getting... 78, 79, and Rick's seventy. I want to say seventy three or seventy four. It's I get crazy. So scared when you look at the uh, how old the uh, older late 60s early 70s amazing rock artists are getting and you're like god damn paul mccartney's like almost 80 so what I mean, the fuck 
is is the real question like who's going to live longer? Because Paul McCartney's just going to live forever because he's vegan and takes really good care of himself. Keith yeah, Richards like or house cat? <laughs> Keith Richards or Terry Funk? Who you got money on? God, uh, I I think I think Terry's got this, even though it's kind of crazy, and he's putting so much abuse on the outside of his body and probably the inside too, but much more on the outside. Keith's insides are held together by glue and fucking thumbtacks, is what I'm I'm assuming. And, um, and plus, if Terry knows we have a bet going on about it, he's going to challenge him to a barbed wire match. So, son of a bitch, <laughs> I'm calling out Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones. Uh, all of our listeners out there, do yourself a favor and look up Barbara Streisand's nose, which is a sick Japanese single release by none other than Terry Funk on vocals singing an actual song it's pretty he did that god damn or watch roadhouse actually i'll i'll cue it at the end of this episode because i don't think we're gonna get like i don't think we're gonna get copy written for like the terry funk single from japan i'll just throw it at the end of the episode so if you made it this far at the end you'll get to hear a a great terry funk (laughs) japan ep that is the best thing that someone's put out for their their last, you know, uh, main events, Chris. That that was better than what Raw or SmackDown's put out for main events. We're we're giving you the chance to listen to Terry Funk sing about Barbara Streisand's nose from New Japan. Like you guys are fucking, you're gonna get it. So. I mean, it's it's not really about Barbara Streisand's nose. It's about like a really hot lady, but then she has Barbara Streisand's nose, so he feels kind of conflicted about it. You got a big ass nose, bitch. <laughs> Kinda, basically. And then he challenged her to a barbed wire match. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, let's get into Raw. <laughs> God, Forbes, the way that they break it down, I guess it's because obviously Forbes is huge within financial and they kind of go over every aspect like that and combine it with entertainment news. But I, I'm pretty sure these are the numbers for him. Uh, so Raw had. Man, for Raw, it was 1.735 million viewers. Um, Pretty much, I think it's the exact same as last week, um, right around. And they've definitely been decreasing as of recently. As In the case of June 15th and then June 22nd, they had a dip. Uh, And their their Raw key uh, competition was COVID-19 coverage, which obviously a lot of people are watching that, and The Bachelorette. Um, and over Sorry. 8 million viewership uh, of the different clip breakdowns on uh, YouTube. So I know that they like all that shit. Anyways, let's let, let's get to the 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 mad the uh the stuff. This first part actually is probably one of my favorite promos that's been done in a while, and uh, just I'm very conflicted. It's we saw this happen with Drake Maverick. He ended up getting a, his job back, or already had his job, or he was furloughed. But they told him we're going to bring you back. You know, just wait. And then people gravitated towards his promo with leaving or whatever. But Heath Slater doesn't seem like he's working with the company anymore. So even though I really, really like this, and he definitely it was from the heart. You could tell that it was real um, because of everything happening. Them taking advantage of this, even if he's getting paid and bringing it to his kids or whatever, you know. It's, is, is it just me or is it still kind of fucked up in general, Chris? I think it's very weird to try to interwine this stuff into storyline where 
especially if his whole gimmick is like, I need this job, I have kids, to be like, yeah, but like after tonight, you're fired from this job. It's kind of fucked up. Um, I do like that Heath Slater is so involved with Matt Cardona, and uh, man, why am I slipping on his name right now? The other edge head. Oh, uh, Zach, or um, God damn it. We, it, this short of a time period, and we can't remember his real name or his Myers. Myers is his last name. I can't think of his first name right Brian now. Brian Myers. They, Brian Myers. Yeah, they do. They, they they do the Wrestling Picker podcast. It's great. Definitely check that out if you're. That's uh, Kurt shit. Hawkins and Zach Ryder. If you guys don't know, now that they're not in WWE, they don't have to go by those terrible names given for them. But something about them showing up as a three piece somewhere just seems kind of perfect. <laughs> So hopefully that's what happens. I, I kind of uh, yeah, I mean, like that for him. Um, it kind of looks well. There's a there's been heavy rumors that Zack Ryder is going to end up, or Macedonia, I forgot, um, is going to end up on AEW because of his uh, relationship with Cody. So do you think that 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 sucks for Brian Cage because he's like four inches taller and probably the same width. <laughs> put them both in the ring together i love i i, I love uh matt because he just he looks like if if macho man randy savage was happy ever <laughs> and not crazy <laughs> he would love that you should definitely text him here <laughs> you should definitely hit him on twitter with that because his hero of all time is macho man so i'm sure you'd talk oh, yeah. he's like you're like macho man but happy and then chelsea green would probably also pop and it'd be a whole thing uh i love it um but yeah, it, I think he, I think Heath, I don't, and we've talked about this. Um, there's other outlets. It's not like we want to see everyone go to AEW. They already have a roster they're trying to establish and just having people that left the WWE won't work out too well. But if you bring in Myers, especially for what he can do beneficially with working with talent, since he's got his own gym, you have an in, now you have also an in way with having his gym flux it along with obviously who they already have. Uh, with um, QT Marshall and Cody's gym. So that's something potentially, too, you know, having some people from New York, Jersey. Zach's, or I, I keep on calling him Zach. Matt has a pretty big name. People want to see a redemption story with him, and I think they feel the same way about Heath Slater. So those three in general, they seem like they would actually probably contribute a great deal towards AEW, in theory. Or is it too much? Man, it's so hard to say. Um, with Heath, he has his own wrestling school here. Oh, he, he does. With, yeah, he worked with Anderson and Luke. If you're in Atlanta, he I think it's in Fulton County, if I'm remembering correctly. But I think he has his own wrestling school, and he is from A4W. Uh, AJ Styles, those guys, Mister yep. Hughes, as the head trainer, as we've talked about in the past. And uh, oh man, what is it? Amazing, uh, Amazing Red. Some of those cats. They all Austin came out. Theory. Yeah, they, Later. they all kind of spawn out of that uh, city. But he started his own gym a while back. So it, it'll be cool just to see you'd like if he goes the trainer route or if he does, you know, you know, just some dark shows. Oh, fuck, I look like, jacked. BTW. Oh, he's Heath. Yeah, he looked like he's been working out throughout the, the pandemic. He should have told Gallo, Gallo, Galloway that he's like more accomplished. 
He's like, remember when you were like on the impact and I was a tag champion? <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to talk But he that. is also the only <laughs> one in that group not to have the world heavyweight title. Gender actually got it. Jesus Christ. Where was gender? Where was the modern Maharaja to add that extra little kink in this? If you're actually wondering, they were thinking about going with that storyline and they decided to nix it. Um, have no idea why exactly, but everyone, some people are, are ginger, gender marks. I have no idea why. Doesn't do shit for me. Is he Slater the perfect wrestler for NWA? Yeah, he could. They're having a lot of issues, though, man. I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying they're going to be bust out when it's all said and done and they can start doing um, live events, but they're letting people out of contracts because they don't have anything to provide for them. Uh, obviously, half uh, Billy Corgan's partner left because of all those accusations, and Billy's coming out of pocket again. It just sucks because uh, it's like we're going on different journeys, but that would be a perfect place for Heath Slater, I think, to show up. It seems like Billy's going to get burned twice in wrestling, and he's tried so hard to provide stuff for it. I know that, obviously, like, oh, let's feel bad for the fucking lead singer Smashing Pumpkins, but I really appreciate his approach towards wrestling. And first it was Dixie Carter, and now it looks like a pandemic will be the reason why, you know, he. I, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say the statement out loud because I want NWA to be okay, but Ring of Honor's having issues right now, even though they have a fucking billion-dollar company like Sinclair backing them. Um, the lack of being able to, to put on events really fuck shit up between advertising for if they're a commercial thing or, uh, you know, just not being able to, to tour and get that money. It's not good. Let's say the pandemic isn't going on. He could be your Murdoch character, right? He's Slater. You yeah. could just slot him in and be a better in-ring worker than Mur- not that Murdoch's bad or anything, but a more entertaining, entertaining worker. Probably a little bit of a better promo. I would love Heat Slater versus Nick Aldis for the title. I think they could build that up really well, especially with this version of Heat Slater going forward. Much more, you know, drop the fucking goofiness. Kind of have that still to play towards the crowd, but put, I like I really liked him being a bit serious tonight. It was I real. loved him being serious, and I love just like he's a good old boy from Kentucky, and he he wants a shot of the title. It's important to him. And that fits perfectly into NWA. It's like takes like I say, if you take like you replaced him with Murdoch, I think that's actually a better storyline in NWA as far as like performance and in ring work goes. Yeah, I could see that, but uh, maybe we should go over the actual thing itself. But I'll just say, great promo from Drew. But the breakdown is. Dolph Ziggler told Drew McIntyre uh, from 2014 to 2017, there was nothing but a uh, blank page. Oh, wait. Okay, I just realized the breakdowns from them is his own opinion. Great. Fuck me. Um, (laughs) I'm supposed to remember shit that happened on Monday. This, I think I can get through. Because Dolph Ziggler comes out. He's acting, you know, of course Drew wants to know what the fuck the stipulation for the match is that he told him that he couldn't make, basically. You know, I'll fight you anyway. Um, Dolph's prolonging it because WWE wants us to keep on fucking tuning in, I guess, to find out what's going to happen, even though I don't think a lot of us care. and just want them to get to the fucking match. Uh, but I get it. So instead of 
telling him what's up. He has a surprise for him. And like we're talking, Heath Slater comes out. Uh, they're in the ring. Uh, you know, Heath was just going over everything. I think, obviously, I think that the whole, I'm assuming basically the whole stuff with, with Drew McIntyre not calling him or blah, blah, blah. I think that was probably bullshit. But most of the other stuff that he pulled out of what he's going through and stuff like that definitely was from reality of what's happening. And that's because, like we said, he got fucking, he got fired. Uh, along with a lot of other people from the company because they were trying to cut back certain things, even though WWE Hand Over Fist, we talked about it last time, has made more money this year with their SmackDown contract, with their USA contract, and with the Saudi Arabia blood money. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't I, I don't always call out WWE, but this is bullshit. No other fucking company had to cut people. It's I get it. You guys didn't have use for those people, so you're just trying to cut corners. Whatever. But... I mean, they had, they had use for them. They just don't realize the bigger picture, which is that YouTube podcast is a huge deal. And they could have they could have done the same thing they did with Up, Up, Down, Down, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. So Cardona owns the rights to it. So good for Cardona and Brian Myers and uh, Heath Slater to, to some extent by uh, being able to escape that shit and own their own shit. Exactly. And I, I agree with you. You meant um, the toy podcast, not up, up, down, down. That's Xavier's thing. Or no, no. We... What I'm saying is they own, they own Xavier's. Sh- it's it's opposite with Xavier. Oh, that sucks. It's, it's so embedded. That's why you see like Cesaro and Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. You see all these superstars because it's embedded now. It's combined, which was the huge deal when their contract came back up. Is like, how does this show go forward if we decide to leave? Because mm-hmm. there was a hard, I mean, there was a hard question. It, it, as wrestling fans, we knew that, like, when there, when all of New Day's contracts were up, there was a huge gap. There it was like, they might leave, but what does that look like? Specifically, because of the, uh, because of what Xavier Woods was doing with up, 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 down, down. How much money makes on that? That's very interesting because I had no idea about that. That. That kind of sucks, but I mean, what they're doing with New Day, obviously, we'll kind of get to them with SmackDown. It's not like they get treated awful. I think all of us see potential in both Xavier Woods and Big E as single acts. And, you know, I love Kofi, too, but basically not just making them keep the tag team titles relevant. (laughs) And that seems like that's what them and the Usos are, are mainly supposed to do. Uh, just like with SmackDown, it's like you can – Jey Uso's hurt. So you have Jimmy Uso. He hasn't been on in how long. He can host a segment. The motherfucker can do a singles match if you actually want to have him wrestle still. Like, uh, stuff like that I just don't get. Anyways. So, yeah. So when Heath comes out, he kind of brings up the fact that, you know, within storyline at least, uh, that when Drew was fired years ago, you know – after they were a part of three-man band and, and everything, he was contacting him every week, uh, congratulating him on any of his victories within, you know, whatever he was doing within wrestling, within the indie promotions and shit. And it's crazy, you know, now he's champion, and he couldn't do the same thing for for Heath or be there for him at all after he got fired. So lots of emotion filled into this, and... He wants a match because when him and Drew were on the bump before he did uh, lose 
like when he got the title before he lost his job, Drew said that he wanted to give him a title shot. So that's what he's here for. So the fact that they tied even something that small into it, I thought was really good. Um, you know, and he doesn't want anything to do with, he doesn't want to hurt him. He's his friend. So he gets slapped and Drew gets pissed off and all right, you know, he takes off his shirt. They go into a very quick fight. He's got a lot of offense. Then he gets easily distracted. Claymore, one, two, three. And Drew's not happy with the fact that he has to pin him. And the look that Drew gave towards Dolph and, and, and ran him off, basically, just the, the aggression, it just came off extremely real. I thought they did a great job with that. Then he comes back in the ring, helps Heath up, and then raises, you know, they raise each other's hand and do the 3MB uh, sign back and forth. I thought it was... I thought it was a good opening. Uh, very impressive. It's just like, you know, when you have Edge, when you have Randy Orton, not only are these guys veterans, you know, someone like Heath has not been in the industry as long as them, but with real events, when you get to put that in there, that pepper that in there, it makes it that much grander. And um, I don't know where Heath Slater's going. I don't know maybe if he's going to get a job back at WWE because of this. this. That's kind of what happened with Drake's situation. Um and that was from a, a, a video he did on his fucking Twitter. That wasn't even actually on the product like Heath just had. Or if we're going to see him pop up on Impact or AEW or um, pretty much that's that's like the only ones that are available as of right now. Maybe go to New Japan. Uh, Ring of Honor is supposed to be starting up soon. There's lots of things of someone of his caliber that he can bring some great shit for. But either way, the way that they performed this, I thought was really well done. Chris, what would you think? Would it blow your mind if he was the surprise wrestler for Slammiversary? That would be crazy. Especially after the show, because it's a one-off contract. So His, him he coming out, I, could. If he shows up anywhere, and just him coming out in general, kind of gave me like a Lex Luger vibe when he came out on Nitro randomly. I was like, whoa, this is not supposed to be there. Because I didn't see any of the reports that he was going to be on raw beforehand i was like what the fuck so i'm happy about that yeah i mean it was it was very weird it was a good opening segment dolph ziggler is dolph ziggler more over than he slater at this point (laughs) yeah that's i mean that's the real question because they've done their best to make sure that that guy just is always just going to be the uh, a, a guy that's thrown in with people right yep so, I, I mean, to me, that was the weird part about it. But I, I liked, I liked the build up. I liked the three man band call back. It would have been great if Ginger just showed up, all jacked and pissed off, and then he just, you know, was like, for this one night, three man band. <laughs> you know what yep. I mean? Like, it, it's not gonna hurt him. <laughs> like. They're just all there. And then Jinder comes out and he's like, hey, I'm not a stereotype anymore, guys. I'm a band guy again. Jinder well, joins he's like He's, he's got to lose like 40% muscle mass. <laughs> I don't know if he should do that. That's, that's one of his only things he's got. Uh, I mean, still to this day, I just think about Randy Orton throwing that Singh brother. <laughs> hey, 75 <laughs> and going oops (laughs) like he knew immediately he was like oh that was too stiff (laughs) that guy that poor bro (laughs) 
Oh, Lord. But yeah, and we kind of had a, I guess, similar thing, because the concept that's been going on for a while is what's going to happen with Carrie Sane going forward. Um, is she off? We, we didn't know if she was off Raw now, if she was going back to Japan, which has been rumored, because um, her contract's coming out. And it kind of threw me off in, in a good way with this next segment, because Sasha and Bailey come out. We got more nicknames. They're they're the greatest title. Blah blah blah, you know. Um, and I think that they're doing actually a pretty good job with this. They have they have excelled more so with this whole entire gimmick of being these two fucking prick heels. And it's probably because of the fact that we've seen them on every fucking product. But you know that's what they're they they've been doing as the tag champions. But you know whatever happens, then Oscar comes out. She starts talking shit, and she basically challenges. Uh, Sasha, is it Sasha that, yeah, she, she challenges Sasha and Sasha is like, I'll take you on, blah, 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 blah. She's like, oh, not, not against me. Enter Carrie Sane. Uh, and, uh, it was because of DQ, which I hate those endings, but they love to do them in D, uh, uh WWE. Carrie Sane, um, defeated, uh, Sasha Banks, but it's because of Bailey and fucking Sasha's bullshit, but they're heels. But actually the match that we got between Sasha and, and Carrie Sane for as short as it was, was actually good. I mean, who who knew that two fucking amazing wrestling females can uh, put on a good match? Um, but yeah, it it was it. But it's it's still. I I don't know if, if we 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 have her coming out. I think they're going to be doing two on two on Monday between her and the Kabuki Warriors or uh, Bailey and Sasha and the Kabuki Warriors. But after that, I I don't know if Kari Sane's going to be coming back or if she re-upped or what's going to happen with her. What do you think is going on with Kari Sane? And what do you think of this segment and the match between Sasha and Kari Sane? I mean, it's just it's it's progressing the storyline. So the match itself, I thought was fine. The Kari Zane aspect of it is what makes it interesting. Like you said, with the contract, I don't think she's going back to stardom just because she's not going to make the same amount of money that she's making now, right? And also, you still have Asuka there, so you have a little bit of a relationship, and EO is there. Just keep the girls together, basically, sort of thing. Yeah, but, like, what if she turned up and got paid really well and was Nyla's manager? Right, that'd be pretty yeah, crazy. I mean, it's it's just whatever they want to do with her. I feel like that they need to be separated, and I mean, you've said this for the longest time. We need Carrie on one brand and Oscar on the other brand. Whenever you book them, you book them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think that that probably would be the uh, the smartest way to go. Uh, all right, so whatever going to ha- happen with Kari Sane, I hope that they actually utilize her. She is ridiculously talented. Um, so if she's going to be staying around in WWE, that's that's the reason why me and you kind of say that. Put her on SmackDown, get her away from Asuka, let her have a clean solo career, because uh, she's really fucking good. It's just Vince doesn't seem to understand anyone except for Asuka to an extent when it comes to Japanese female wrestlers um i feel like, i mean it, i feel look like at the past i feel like triple h showed i feel like triple h showed vince the uh like oscar's youtube where she's like making rice 
And Vince is like, this is hilarious. That's just some good shit. He's getting, yeah, like. Uh, anyway, so after this, we had a replay of last uh, Monday when Seth Rollins beat Humberto Carrillo and Aleister Black in a tag team match, then tried to blind Carrillo after putting the... Or, yeah, after putting the Rey Mysterio mask on him. Camera cut backstage, and we see Aleister Black pinned down under some metal rods, wearing a Rey Mysterio mask, and Seth and Murphy uh, say, you know, that's a damn shame, basically, that, you know, oh, I guess he's not going to be able to be a part of the match later. Um, and we go to a commercial. Uh, the Viking Raiders are backstage um, practicing bowling when the big show appears. He says he loves to have fun. But tonight is serious. Tonight they uh, they're going to be teaming up against Randy Orton, Angel Garza, and Andrade. They say they will take things seriously because they looked up to Christian and Edge. Uh, Edge being a fellow Viking, and they too have um, a five a five second pose. They pose, and Big Show slaps chests of them both. Ivar gets mad, but Eric gets between them and says, "Tonight the raid will be on." So the whole concept is Randy's trying to motivate his young lads and Big Show's got two big old Vikings. Um, how'd you like these two segments, Chris? I mean, Edge is as much of an, a Viking as, like, Getty Lee, right? <laughs> like, I, think it's, I think it was a play on the fact that he was in the show Vikings. Uh, Get it? Okay. But on... He was also in that other... What the hell was that called? Uh, God, starts at the age. I can't think of it right now. It was very bad. It came on after SmackDown back in the day. Did it have Vikings in it? No, but it had the guy from Breaking Bad. And the War Raiders don't care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't care. That's true. Uh, I, th- I thought this was... I mean, I thought this was uh, fine. I the Viking Raiders. I'm still. I, I don't understand where they're going with this because they have two tech teams. Why do they have a goofy version of LOD? Like, why would you not like have these guys being just like killers? They never did well, that. Because, NXT. because they tried to do that, and then they realized like we have no tag team, so we might as well make it a comedy gimmick. Ugh. <laughs> And then they got rid of, like, their two best tag teams. They literally got rid of Gallows and Anderson and FDR at the same time. So, like, if you're asking about what the tag team division is doing, uh, bro, I have, I have absolutely no answer for you there. That's basically what it relates to. But I like the setup. I liked Randy's interaction with Angel and Andrade better, but we'll get to that. Uh, we had Kevin Owens out in the ring doing the uh, KO show. Uh, Kevin Owens says that before he gets started, he just, uh, what the fuck? So his words are small or no, this writing's terrible. <sighs> oh, oh, but before he, he gets started, he needs to remove the seats. He throws them out of the ring. Cause his, his guest is the Monday night Messiah, Seth Rollins. Um, Rollins comes down uh, to the ring with Murphy, uh, asks why KO is removing the chairs, that he has no intentions of getting physical. He thanks Owens and says he's happy to be here. Seth asks how his uh, fractured ankle is. and By the way, didn't know that there was a frank fractured ankle in reality or in storyline, so that's kind of just, all right, just throw that out there. 
Um, maybe that really did happen. I don't know. I don't remember ever hearing that after that WrestleMania match. But uh, Owen says he's good um, and sure better than uh, Seth's ego. Owen said that they faced uh, each other at WrestleMania and they had a bond because of it. Wrestling at that show is what they all strive towards. So when two people perform together, they form a bond. So he wants to commemorate it and hand Seth the shirt he wore that night. Seth thanks him, but says he sees what he's trying to do, and he has news for him. He doesn't give a damn about him or his show. He only came out to use uh, this platform to address Rey Mysterio. So before Rey comes out, I wish that that fucking KO brought up the fact that, like, huh, that's so crazy. At WrestleMania... I had a fucked up ankle and I didn't get a title shot. And then you lost that match against me and you got a fucking title shot right afterwards. Cause I would have said that if I was Kevin Owens. So uh, what did you think about this setup with just him and Seth? I liked how Seth was like, Whoa, easy dude. Like, you know, you don't have to get rid of the chairs, like this nonchalant attitude of his, but they're going to have a match. Chris, this Monday night raw, they're, they're building it as the rematch from WrestleMania, which honestly, when it came to wrestling was Probably my favorite match. Maybe I can't remember. There was there was one women's match, like my actual favorite wrestling match. No offense to the uh, to the Undertaker's thing or the Firefly Funhouse thing, but uh, the Charlotte the Charlotte three way match was pretty good. Yes, so it was a three way match, and then this match were my two actual favorite wrestling matches. But they had a hardcore match. Kevin Owens did that fucking crazy dive off the top of that giant thing through the table. You could tell that he completely knocked the wind out of Seth. It was good. It was it was it was fine. Um, how'd you like this opening with them before Rey Mysterio comes out and gets involved? It's fucking bullshit because they're just gonna have Kevin Owens lose to Seth Rollins to put Seth Rollins in quotations over because he needs more heat than he already has. And Kevin Owens is their Miz right now essentially and i fucking hate it i love Ray, i love ray mysterio i really do um you don't need to build them the way they're trying to build them they're just doing that very very basic thing that they do where it's like uh well now he's got to beat the miz and now they're gonna get a title shot and i i hated all this shit especially because kevin owens beat him clean in the center of the ring he overcame their entire gang. Like Seth Rollins at this point had AOP and Buddy Murphy and himself. He beat them. He should have had a title shot. Seth got a title shot. Now he's got to fucking wrestle him again. Like it, it doesn't make any fucking sense, Dane. So I hated this. I hated all of this other than like Kevin being like kind of quippy. But outside of that, and, and I didn't think like Seth's promo was bad or anything, but just the entire it- thing was fucking stupid. Can I ask you, is it more so that you hate everything that's going on with Kevin Owens related to this, basically? Because that's how I feel it as well. Like that's yeah, I mean, it, it has resentment. nothing to do with anything. It has nothing to do with what they were doing or what they were asked to do. But yes, I fucking hate everything that's going. Yeah, Kevin Owens beat the dude. He should be, you know, he should be going against Drew Galloway. And he's the only actual threat that they have against yep. him. You can't just throw like random ass fucking people in there. It's like, oh, I guess he's gonna fight, you know, Keith Slater <laughs> or you know, Jinder Mahal or Bobby Lashley. It's like, how many people can Galloway carry through a match until he gets fucking Kevin Owens and they has a really great match? Um, 
I, I don't know. I, I hated that part of it. But, you know, what they asked Kevin and Seth to do, they performed as expected. They're both great. Right. Yep. It's just bad. Booking poop. Now that Ray is clear to compete, he's formally challenging uh, what you might call it, Seth Rollins to a match at Extreme Rules. It's time to make Ray a permanent sacrifice, is what Seth says. But now that uh, it's out of the way, they can dredge up the past. He says things haven't been going so good for Owen since WrestleMania, having been injured and done very little while he's rose to prominence. Hey, I just want to... and. Thank you, Ring Ringside News, for the breakdown, because I'm glad that we actually have a breakdown. If you want a writer that actually fucking cares about grammatical eras or just writing in general, hit me up, please. Because this is fucking this is a slog to get through. There's periods so, in places there's going to be periods. There's commas n- missing. I mean, it didn't did hasn't Seth Rollins lost every fucking match? So what is the what is the point of this? Like Kevin Owens. You got injured one time. It's like, okay. <laughs> he beat Your you. ankle's bad. It's the Achilles heel. Your ankle. Me. I mean, he literally beat him in the center of the ring, and the guy had a crew. Like, what does that say about you? Like, I mean, I know it's supposed to be heel shit, but like at the same time, it's a super dumb argument. And also, Seth Rollins doing the Messiah, it, I mean, it is, it's fucking, it's pretty bad. Seth Rollins it is, is at man. best a chicken shit heel and maybe a guy that would like a Roddy Piper rake the eyes, be a real asshole. Kind Dude, of that's what I want. And not not we said rake the eyes, not rip the eyeball out of the fucking head. So that's what it's basically the, the match between Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins is going to be an eye for an eye match where the person has to rip the other person's eyeball out of their head, apparently. Oh, what I can't the... wait! I, I can't wait to see how they digitally format this thing like it's Universal Studios. This like is fuck... so dumb, so what... so fucking stupid. Would you be excited if like they announced Steven Spielberg was going to do it though? Well, like, he's going to pop Ray's eye out. You're like, yeah, well, Spielberg's doing it. <laughs> Along like... with the swamp match, apparently Tom Savini is going to be heavily involved with. Uh, the pay-per-view in general. So I'm assuming he might have a hand in whatever stupid shit they're going to do for this fucking match. But it is Tom Savini, which makes me a little bit okay with this and also the Swamp match, which will be a cinematic mess because now we're doing all... Of, every fucking pay-per-view needs them. Well, hopefully it's... it's uh, it's uh Hopefully it's not Ray that loses his eye because he's going to keep it kayfabe and just wear the mask with an eye patch and try to wrestle. What if... Like what that if he... for the rest of his career. <laughs> What if Ray loses the other eye and then he just wears both blocks on both sides and he just wrestles Lucha Libre? You know, he can see through everything, but we're thinking that he's doing it blind because, you know, you can't make things <laughs> you can't make things thin enough to be able to see through them if they're dark. I, the mean, I think I think the end goal is giving uh, Seth Rollins the eye patch so he looks like uh, Kurt Russell <laughs> from Escape from New York or whatever. Or like Solid Snake, they're gonna give him that look. He's like, dye his hair again. He's gonna look like a uh, Kurt Russell, <laughs> dude. Is and and uh, it definitely seems like it could be some type of Escape from L.A. New York concept. Snake Plissken. Um, oh 
God. I liked how uh, Chris Jericho called out, like, oh, eye for an eye. Wonder where you guys got that from. And had a picture of John Moxley going against Satana. Both their eyes are taken out. Um, it's getting bitter between the two of them, between Vince and uh, Chris. I think they're going to fight, actually, on AEW and on Monday Night Raw at the same time. Well, I mean, Vince be- already beat God, so Jericho's lost. He's already lost. Yeah, that's a good point. He pinned him. Did he do a small package to God? Yeah, he, he pinned God dead center in the ring, and uh, Vince's got a clean win. And uh, he, he I think he has the same amount of championship wins as Jericho does in WWE. Think about that. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Jericho, so- please don't get mad at me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, if you Break listen to the this. down. Yeah. <laughs> I love Stuck Mojo. They're from Atlanta. I mean, Fozzie. Oh. You're becoming the Judith in his mind. The Judas in his mind. I mean, not Judith. That's a different song from Perfect Circle. Anyways. Some, someone just rang my doorbell. Oh, it's Sammy Guevara still singing Judas. It's outside. Can't He's let. outside? He's suspended. Huh. He's not alone. He's outside. I have no idea, uh, man. Ask him. <laughs> so we, we basically had the match with Seth Rollins and Murphy, and uh, Ray didn't have a tag team partner anymore uh, because Alistair Black. And um, we got Kevin Owens. He's like, well, I'm fucking here. I'll do it. And um, it, was a, it was a pretty good match. We returned to find Ray beating up Murphy in the corner. Then Lucha Legend hits a springboard crossbody. Ray knocks Murphy from the ring. Hits a baseball slide. Then a hurricane runner from the apron that slams Murphy into the barricade. Back in the ring, Ray goes for a crossbody, but Murphy rolls through uh, a pin attempt. Owen Owen tags in and punches Murphy down in the corner. Murphy gets chopped down and slammed into the turnbuckle, then whips hard into the opposite corner. Owens hits an atomic drop and a lariat for a two count. Murphy breaks away and makes a tag, and Seth comes uh, in fast with right hands to Owens. Gao fires back with a lariat and a senton. Seth rolls outside, and Owens goes back after and slams him into the apron. Back inside, he gets back inside, and tags are made for both men. Ray landed awkwardly after a back suplex, but recovered with the head scissors to Murphy. That landed him on the middle rope. I remember that. It actually did not look too good. Uh, Ray gets distracted by Seth, allowing Murphy to hit the Inziguri. Uh, Dominic then distracts Murphy. So Ray and uh, Dominic are pulling some heel shit. They're not fucking around, Chris. Uh, so him and Seth try to intimidate him after punching Owens. Rollins uh, rakes the eyes of Dominic. Uh, wait. Rollins rakes the eyes of Dominic. Yeah, that's right. Then him and Murphy run to the ring to avoid the incoming of Ray and KO, and the heels have the high ground. We go to a commercial break. It's actually not too bad of a breakdown. It's not too long. Back from the break, and Seth is targeting the ankle of Kevin, stomping it and implying a half Boston Crab. Seth lines up uh, a shot in the corner, but runs into a super kick, and both men are down. Tags to Ray and Murphy, and Mysterio hits a springboard, uh, springboard senton, Tilt-A-Whirl Slam, and a head scissors into the ring post. Rollins and Murphy both get dropped on the middle rope, but both slide out of the ring. Rollins grabs Dominic from behind and 
starts backing up the ramp, but out comes Aleister Black. Uh, Seth drops to his knees on the ramp. Murphy gets Ray back in the ring, but Dom rakes his eyes uh, and sends him inside. Ray hits the 619 in a splash for the win, Ray Mysterio and Kevin Owens. Are you surprised that Kevin Owens didn't get beaten in this, Chris? Heavily surprised. Why would they not take the loss in this match that means nothing against people that don't actually have a storyline going and a guy that doesn't have a contract? We should we should know. talk about we should we haven't talked about this, but we should talk about the uh, let's say the uh, the elephant in the room. Rey Mysterio is just wrestling for contract to contract, week to week, right now. Yep, and he's in a major storyline, right? Yep, the word is, uh, from Dave Metzler, is that Ray is trying to make good with his son being trained, obviously, within WWE. So that's causing a conflict of him leaving the company, even though I think creatively he'd like to. Uh, but WWE's been pursuing him to, to sign another contract, and right now he's doing week-to-week, uh, event-to-event. Which Ray's honestly someone that... In reality, I think you can agree with me, Chris, uh, has the integrity where he's not going to fuck over w, uh, WWE by just like showing up at AEW uh, a la Lex, Lex Luger like we were talking about. But at the same time, it's a crazy concept, and it seems like Ray probably does want to bounce, but wants to make sure Dominic's you know, not going to be fucked over if he does that. It it definitely seems like he's gonna carry him wherever he get, wherever they go, right? So yeah. if they go to it's a package deal, I think, with Ray. But I think that AEW would take him and put him in one of the places that we've talked about, whether it be Cody and QT Marshall's gym or some of the other ones available. Get him a good training and then probably use him. So also, how is Dominic like seven foot taller than Ray Mysterio? <laughs> yeah. He's Walter, man. I, I, I joke about that every time. <laughs> um, it's 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 that that's the the entire concept of Ray right now is weird to me because if you're not gonna like give him a title shot or a title run or give his kid a title run, why does he have any reason to stay? He can easily go work New Japan. And he could throw like his son in the Young Lions tournament, or he can easily go run. Yep. He could, they could easily go work AEW, right, as a tag yeah. team. And or... he still can get training. It doesn't have to be at the Performance Center. I mean, it's kind of weird, though, at the same time, even if Ray wants to get out of his contract. Wouldn't you want to have another second-generation person you've already premiered on your show go and be a part of NXT? I mean, look at all the publicity for The Rock's daughter. I know The Rock compared to Rey Mysterio big difference but still it's like why wouldn't you want to try that out is the performance center that big of a deal when you look around the landscape of wrestling and realize that like he was trained by his dad in lance storm (laughs) yeah i mean i think it's a different i think it's a fucking different scenario with uh Ray's, I, I don't know. I feel like they're going to fuck this up somehow, and it should be very easy. And, and Ray probably should have just beat Brock Lesnar for the title during that feud. Honestly. Yeah. And uh, oh, they already... Who's the guy that wore the, the, the El Toro mask? Uh, is it Fedor from 
uh, not UFC, but Bellator. Oh, um, Akeem Velasquez. Like, how do you mess this up? <laughs> I Dude, feel like they've been if... messing this up for a full year. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you if you want to make an impact, I, the two places that we said, New Japan, AEW, Ray Premier's with Kane Velasquez and his son, all Lucha Libre, all mask as a unit, and do whatever. I mean, or just him and his son as a fucking tag team. People are not going to want to root for that. Like, you can definitely involve them. I, I don't know what the hell the WWE is really thinking. If that's the reason why they're like, ah, oh, we don't really want to work with them. So, but we want you here so we can put you on the sidelines so you won't work for fucking AEW. That's what it comes off as. They're like, we're very scared of you cutting great baby for a baby face promos, Ray, because you've been on fire lately. So we're going to need you to calm down. <laughs> and uh, you're going to have to work against Dolph Ziggler next week. <laughs> like, wait, didn't he just uh, get a title I have, shot? I have... <laughs> Dolph? I mean, yeah, but he's going to get his head kicked off. So it's fucking actually matter. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, yeah, and I really think that there's a good chance that both Rey Mysterio and Jeff Hardy will be on AEW in the future. I know I just talked about the not need of having every ex-WWE person come over there, but when it comes to someone like a Jeff Hardy or Rey Mysterio, I think that you would be stupid not to try to fucking grab them uh, if they're not going to be working with WWE because they will let them do their own thing. They will be able to really... Have creative freedom over there, uh, or like like you keep on saying, you know, there is New Japan. I mean, even if I mean you build a relationship with, uh, if you have Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy, you can send them to New Japan and build a relationship, or MLW or anywhere else in the entire world where you can switch. Yeah, talent. it seems like it seems like they're willing to do that with certain talents. Remember, Cody. <laughs> Kenny, um, who else? John Moxley, obviously, because he's a champion for them. Uh, and Chris Jericho. They can all go over there. And then you have MJF. It sounds like Pillman Jr. could be one of them uh, that can be interchangeable with MLW. So they're good at working with other companies. Yeah, I, I don't see any reason. I mean, unless he just wants to get... Unless Ray just wants to get his son to the top tier. Yeah, he does. WWE, that WrestleMania or that Royal Rumble win. Which I don't know that unless he unless like Ray passes the ma- unless they do a big storyline where Ray passes the mask down or something, it's it, he's not Ray Mysterio <laughs> Jr. Did, you know what I mean? Did uh, Ray Mysterio's uncle, the, the original Ray Mysterio, did he stop wearing the mask once he passed it to Ray? Because I have to assume I he was still performing. I don't think so. Because, I mean, but they were also trained by uh, the Guerreros, right? Mister, they all came out so. of the Guerrero clan. So it's, uh, I, I don't know, but you know what I mean? You need some kind yeah. of passing of the torch if you're going to have Ray. If you're going to long run with uh, Ray's kid. Uh, God, why can I not think of his name? I feel like such Dominic. an asshole. Dominic. Who I think, I thought he's had some pretty good promos. He has. Uh, like stepping in and saying what he needs to say uh, at the right time. Like I thought he's been pretty pretty good at that, but it's uh, 
you also watched your dad get his ass beat by Brock Lesnar and your friend who came out and saved you get his ass beat by Brock Lesnar. It's it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to come back from that, I, I, I guess. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm a little torn on what they're doing. Dominic and Ray as a tag team versus like Lucha Brothers and AEW. Like that'd be pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, that would be really fucking awesome. Um, and remember, Ray was involved in the first uh, thing that created all of this with All In. Uh, he was in the, the fucking main event, even though we got a shortened version of that, unfortunately, because everyone went over on their time. Looking at you, even though I love you, uh, Okada and, and Marty Skrull, I don't know how I feel about you. Um, yeah, it's but... hard to feel any way about Marty Skrull right now. It's not weird it, it, dude a couple weeks ago i would have been like i love you okada and marty squirrel but i'm talking to you but i can't even say that now anymore <laughs> um okada's she's only like, 16 <sighs> okada, okada's like you're lucky i didn't take the entire show yeah no <laughs> kidding it's the dude, brew. <laughs> the fact that he was a part of that first incarnation man it's like god can we just get him for like just give us him for a month man just over here just let him fucking Bring over the, the have him win the IWGP belt and bring that over here and be like this is the real belt, like it's the NWA title compared to the AEW title, um, or the TNT title for that matter. Uh, I would love it. Um, all right, well let's get back to <laughs> let's get back to talking about Raw, Chris. Uh, I know that you want to so bad. <laughs> God damn it! I've been trying to escape this the entire time. <laughs> Uh, I lost my position of where I was. I lost my position in my brain. Uh, Charlie Caruso interviews MVP and Bobby Lashley backstage. She starts to talk to him about Apollo, but Lashley says he's uh, crushed him, and it won't be long until he loses the United States Championship. Uh, and MVP has that next title shot. MVP says that the future of the United States Championship can only be described as ballin'. So we're going to see a new title displayed. We can talk about it now and, and don't have to wait for the segment. I love the new title. I really do. It's like a little bit of uh, the old WCW one. You know how it had like the American flag right in the middle. But it's kind of got the new concept where it, it's painted on there. And so I, I really, really like the look of the U.S. title. I just wish that they didn't fuck around. This one wasn't too different from the past ones. It was a little bit of the newer one and a little bit of the older one. And then the Intercontinental title, it's a cool-looking title, but it's like, couldn't you fucking have kept that, like, normal? Ugh, especially since the one that you had was the title that everyone likes, the white IC championship. I don't know. I'm rambling too much. But how, what did you think of the new U.S. title they displayed? It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like the current one, honestly, so I like the new, newer one. I mean, I mean like, it, the belt design, I like it. But, like, you can't just decide that someone has the – this is the same thing as the Taz thing and the and the Impact thing they were yeah. talking about. You can't just, like, all right, here's a new belt. <laughs> Go have fun. I mean, if anything, MVP is supposed to be a good manager. Like, Bobby Lashley really didn't lose that match against, you know, Drew McIntyre, right? No. Well, he did, but, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. So why is he not being like he he needs a rematch? He got screwed over by his manager, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. <laughs> his manager's Instead trying to get that damn title. 
<laughs> She's like, here's a custom made belt just for you, Bobby. Well, the thing is, it's not even for Bobby. It's it's for himself. He's the one who's going against it. Bobby Lashley doesn't have shit to do. He's literally going against MVP, is going against Apollo Crews for the title, and calls this the new title, the real title, uh, because it's the one that's going to be replacing the old one, but that's only because Apollo's out. And I don't know if it's COVID reasons or whatever, so who knows what the fuck's going to happen. But MVP's going against Apollo Crews for that title and saying that he's the new U.S. champion. What the fuck is Bobby Lashley doing? Why is the manager? I mean, maybe they realize that MVP's really good at wrestling. It only took them, I don't know, 15 years after they let him go from his contract. But maybe they're they're getting their day. Maybe they understand. Ballin is pretty lit. Yeah. Well... Who had a problem with this, just like us, with him declaring himself the new U.S. champion was Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. Ricochet was pissed, said Apollo is going to be back soon, that he couldn't take the title and just crown himself the champion. Uh, And this kind of made an impromptu match between MVP and Bobby Lashley against Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. Uh, MVP was... I hate it when they make these guys do this. Like, you're going to go out there and, and, and wrestle a match in your suit. What? Can I just like come out there and gear? No, no, you got to be in a suit. Then you're gonna wrestle match in slacks, whatever. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't really think I have to go to the breakdown of this match. Ricochet, Shane, Cedric got a lot of different type of offense that was completely just swatted away, if you will, <laughs> by MVP and Bobby Lashley. Uh, and at the end of it, uh, Cedric hits MVP with a flurry, then drop kicks Lashley. Off the apron, Cedric hits a tornado DDT for a near fall. Lashley gets a blind tag and spears Alexander, and it was done just like that. And then the referee hands MVP the new United States Championship after the match, and they pose together. Lashley applies a full Nelson on Cedric, but Ricochet uh, saves him and drop kicks him. Um, Before I go on, just because it's disconnected, I kind of want to talk just the storyline, like get all the aspects out. It was cool that later on the night, MVP is backstage with Cedric Alexander and says he has some questions for him. He says it takes a lot of heart to stand up to him and Lashley, and he was impressed by him. MVP says that Cedric is holding himself back by being Ricochet's sidekick. Cedric says he sees what MVP is trying to do, divide and conquer. MVP ponders why, if they're equal partners, Ricochet has the new uh, 365 documentary. Hey, just plugs for that. Uh, 365 documentary and why he doesn't and Ricochet hasn't even been there as long as him he says if Cedric is content to be a sidekick he's going to spend the rest of his uh, career in a canteen watching other people be successful so the reason I was bringing this up Ricochet has been getting a lot of shit publicity whatnot, and stuff on the network I don't know if they're going to fucking do this Chris it seems like not only going to attack <laughs> rip apart a tag team that they never really utilized or let Paul Heyman utilize. Cedric might be going heel, it seems like, like the Dark Order set type of situation, um, a la what, what uh, Mr. Brody's doing uh, right now with, um, oh man, what the fuck's his goofy ass name? Cole Cabana. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're going to position him against Ricochet. With the 365 documentary, that was actually really, really good. And also... And didn't really make me 
obviously he's been fucking pushed around like a rag doll. That's that's you know it, it's looked like he's decreased you know in push within the company, and we kind of like cater towards that as they're underutilizing him. And I still think they are. I mean, if Ricochet went back to NXT, I would have no fucking problem with that. I would love it actually, because I know that I, I trust Hunter and I trust his whole entire staff, especially with Ricochet. But when you watch that documentary, it starts right when he's leaving NXT. He has an awesome tag match with him and Aleister Black. Right after that, after they leave, they go over and are part of WrestleMania. So he got his his first taste of WrestleMania. And throughout it, he got the U.S. Championship. Yeah, he basically went back and forth with that with AJ and AJ beat his ass a bunch. But there were a lot of good things. And even he considers, he's like, I know a lot of people are, you know, with the whole Brock Lesnar situation. He goes, I know a lot of people are going to like consider it's like I lost against Brock Lesnar. But you got to realize when it comes to me as a wrestler, I went to another country and was a part of a, a main event and went against fucking Brock Lesnar for the title. So I'm just wondering if they're actually going to be inching kind of like with Apollo, like Ricochet and Apollo are the baby faces going against this new group with MVP, Bobby Lashley, and possibly Cedric Alexander. And I think Shelton Benjamin, if he's there, I'm not sure. Uh, what did you think about the match, I guess? <laughs> wasn't much of a match, but what did you think mainly about this interview later on between Cedric and MVP? Not interview, but promo. You remember three years ago, we had a top ten, and I fought so hard for Prince Puma. A.K.A. Ricochet. Yeah. Yeah. He's not uh, even in my top 50 right now. So the storyline means nothing to me. They have buried this guy. I mean, like, I get they're trying to get back around, but who is who else he lost to? Who's he got a W against? He he lost to AJ. He lost to pretty much everyone you can think of, and well, now he's feuding with his own fucking tag partner. Like maybe in the future, like so. The most excited I could be is, like, can Ricochet and Cedric Alexander have a good match? The answer to that is, like, yes. They're both fucking great wrestlers. But Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather, because I don't know when his contract, I'm not going to even pretend I know Ricochet's contract, but if he's going to be in WWE, obviously, them try to attempt this push and position him the way that they're going or him go back down to NXT? I mean, if I'm Ricochet, I go back to New Japan and Well, I'm saying if he's in WWE, like if there's no getting out. Um, NXT, at least you know you're guaranteed to have like 10-minute matches versus, versus like if, if something gets fickle, they're like, uh, well, we're going to need like Baron Corbin to beat you this week in two minutes. So there's that. <laughs> you know, like uh, at least if we went to NXT, it'd be like it's like it's it's Ricochet versus Cameron Grimes. They're gonna give each other offense. They're gonna get like ten minutes. But on the main roster, sometimes Ricochet matches are like you're gonna you're gonna do all your high spots and then you're gonna die in two minutes. Does that sound awesome to you? And like even on his Twitter, he's like, "This is the most fun I've ever had." And I'm like, "How? How is this the most fun?" 
you've ever you literally went from like a guy that carried an entire company on his back with lucha underground and a huge star in new japan to you it, it even in nxt to like now you're an afterthought it's very true have you watched the 365 documentary i have not so i cannot speak on that but I know I've seen his Twitter posts and he is very pro WWE and I'm baffled by it considering how he's booked and how good he actually is. He says it's because basically he's, you know, following his dream. And if you know how a lot of wrestlers look at WWE, not all of them, obviously, but we've, we've seen a rise of wrestlers that have realized that they can make an alternative for WWE, a la AEW and stuff. But to a lot of wrestlers, when they're first looking at what's the end goal, it's to get to WrestleMania. So I guess that's still in his child-like uh, way of thinking about it, probably. I mean, I guess. Enjoy the pre-show. Yeah, I mean, catering's good, as long as they have prime rib. Um, I, I mean, that's like... that's Okay, so getting to your dream, is that saying, like, Sting 1997 versus Hogan isn't bigger than a lot of WrestleManias? Though, like, no, what is but, your dream? But look at a wrestler's concept. Most wrestlers, they look at WrestleMania and WWE as the pinnacle. That's like a normal view for wrestlers. Has been for years. Not saying, not it downing is, but Sting they're and booking Hogan. Him, I mean, they're booking him terribly, so he's not going to get there. But he's only been a part of the company for a very short period of time. You know? Three years? Since 2018, so, yeah. Well, two years. Yeah, But in that so, time... NXT wins the North American Championships, not even in their year. They already want to push him on the main roster. I mean, he's not even there for, what, probably a year, and he's he's already on WrestleMania. If we look up his win-loss record, it's under 50%. Oh, that doesn't matter in fucking WWE, though. I mean, it does. Like, how do you book this guy? How, how do you book Do you Rick put him in a storyline... I mean, it, that's the problem, is that there's an old crazy man that's, like, trying to find some spot, I guess, for him. And I don't know if there's a way... I think there is a way for him to redeem himself. It's more what the hell they're going to do with him to redeem himself. And if I trust the creative behind it with him and with Vince and Bruce Pritchard on being able to accomplish that, compared to how I felt about Paul Heyman, who was at least trying, even though obviously he was getting ignored. He is going to be 2008-2009 Kofi Kingston. Well, you know, Kofi got that title in 10 years. So. <laughs> There's that, I guess. I don't know. Except for, like, Ricochet is honestly one of the best wrestlers on their fucking roster. I know. Man, I, dude, if I could have him in AEW or, or New Japan, I would in a second. But it seems to me, based on what you said about his Twitter stuff and what I saw in the 365 documentary, that he's somehow really content with what he's got. Now, if you compare that to someone like a Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn, I don't think it's the same story. At all. Sami Zayn um, always talks positive. Not, so, not Sami Zayn, but Kevin Owens always talks positively about the company, which is really he's weird. happy. Do I think Kevin Owens is happy? Because I think that Ricochet might I, be actually happy. He's just like, all right, cool. I'll see how it plays out. I'm in fucking WWE. I don't know if Kevin Owens has that same ideology. I think he's just a, a professional. Okay, so you know? like drawing it back to the um, the uh, was it the 365 documentaries they did? They, they did yeah. one with Kevin Owens, right? Yep. And he talked about his son meeting John Cena, and John Cena taking the time to sign 
his son's autograph and that was like a huge moment even though he was like you know <laughs> at the time he was a champion but John Cena was such a bigger star I think Kevin Owens is the guy that realizes like hey I can get there if they push me right um, Sami Zayn and like uh, some of these other characters <laughs> they, they might be better suited other places honestly so basically kind of if, if Kevin Owens and Ricochet share this opinion where it's kind of disappointing is the fact that Chaos had a long career, even though his title reign as universe title champion was cut short by a big stupid idiot that smacks his head into fucking things and shit. Um, Do you think Kevin wishes that he just dropped fucking Goldberg on his head after he saw that God. taker match? I'm sure Kevin, many like, of the wrestlers wish that. Because when Taker gets fucking posted and gets a concussion, and then, I mean, he can say what he wants to say. He's like, I was just trying to finish the match. I was like, no, you tried to kill Goldberg. <laughs> like, honestly, I've never seen Taker put a worse <laughs> tombstone on, on on anyone after okay. watching wrestling for 20 years. He dropped him right on his fucking head. He's like, fuck this guy. <laughs> so, Dude, Saudi Arabia is so unlucky for that, man. Um. Yeah, I'll do it. No, don't. Don't do it, Mark! Don't listen to Vince. Don't go back to Saudi Arabia. Anyways, but uh, yeah, just Kevin Owens, he's at more, not the end of his career, but he's had a fulfilling career, especially before that. Ricochet's still young, and it's like, you kind of feel like he's going to be held down with what he's doing in WWE in this contract because he could be utilized more outside of it. Well, I mean, he's in a tag team that's not a tag team that they don't acknowledge as a tag team. They're just like, these are two dudes that are together and they lose sometimes. So, I I mean, he went from being like a huge star in NXT to nothing and losing to AJ Styles a lot. And then now he's in a tag team with Cedric Alexander, which nothing against Cedric. Cedric is great. Also, one of my favorite theme songs on the entire show Great cruiserweight wrestler. Yeah, it's very, it's very outcast. So I'm gonna love it immediately. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I get it. I get it. I definitely get it. Uh, I just kind of will, will try to pull out hope because we don't have any, <laughs> we don't have any hope aside from this crazy company. Unless he goes to NXT and we know that he'll be utilized properly. But it seems like he wants to make his niche on the main product because he's seen Austin do it and The Rock and Rey Mysterio and guys he looks up to. So, But he's not that. No, he wants to get to that. But with that, you need good creative around you. And I then mean, again, I mean, look at Rock's first year. <laughs> that wasn't good. Well, yeah, but he's been there for two, basically. Yeah, yeah it's early. It's early. That's what I'm saying. They, they don't... He is Dolph Ziggler. He's there. Oh, come on, He's man. there. I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick. At least Dolph got the title. <laughs> like, I don't think Ricochet is ever going to get, like, the heavyweight title, honestly, as far as how they're booking him. And if he thinks he's going to get elevated other than that, I would like to have a sit-down with him and, and, and find out why he thinks he's going to get there because they're real dicks and... uh 
they have treated you kind of like shit as far as booking you on the main roster ever since they brought up people from NXT, including DIY. Let's throw those guys back together, even though Ciampa's got a broken neck or whatever. Um. <laughs> it's a good point. It's a good point. All right. So we see Andrade backstage with Garza and uh, Selena Vega. He says he doesn't want to talk. Ric Flair comes up and says they were all great last week. Uh, Flair says tonight is a must-do mission. Otherwise, all of them will have their answer, too. Uh, and allude to Orton. Like, if he's going, if you guys fuck up, he's going to fuck you up. I guess was the threat. Orton appears and confirms all three of them are third-generation superstars. He says that he respects them a little. But tonight is about him and the big show. If they get in his way, he will not hesitate to introduce them to the legend killer. Orton gives them uh, fist bumps and then gets the hell out of there. And then Charlie interviews the uh, Kabuki Warriors backstage and they speak Japanese the whole entire time. Asuka says together they are better than Banks and Bailey, so they will challenge them uh, to a match next week for the titles. And Carrie plays the flute while Asuka dances. I love that whole entire thing. It was so cute. She's got this giant recorder and she's like, do-do-do-do. Uh, it's good to have them baby face again because they were weird as heels. Um, I love the. Uh, were they well, ever heels? That's that's another question. Is were they ever they heels? Tried. Just, like you just didn't like them. <laughs> I think they tried. I don't know. Um, with the Andrade part, it was cool seeing him and Ric Flair together. Since you know, in reality, that's like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure him and Charlotte are engaged. Maybe I could be wrong about that, but at least they are together. Um. But I like this. I liked I liked Randy kind of saying, you know, we're all third generation wrestlers, which I was like, oh yeah, that's right, they all are. That makes a lot of sense. Um, oh, but he's still wow, being mind fu- blown. I forgot about that. I thought Andrade. I sorry, I connected. They all three are generational wrestlers. I I only connected Andrade for the first part for some reason. Yeah, Angel is too. Um, Hector Garza. And then his dad before that, I guess, would be... I don't know what his name was, but... Um, cool acknowledgement, but Orton basically said, if you guys get in my way, I'm going to fuck you up, and then chose the whole entire match to be a chicken shit heel and not tag in against the big show <laughs> until his, you know, until he got a chance to heal it up and tag himself in and go you know, take advantage of him, uh, which was his thing. Um, and speaking about the match itself, I guess we can kind of wrap it up into one thing. I liked it. Uh, I actually, a lot of people were mad about Randy Orton taking Angel Garza to, outside because him and Andrade kept on fighting together and putting him in his place. But I actually, I thought that was very Randy Orton-ish. And if it bothered you, it's probably because he's getting fucking heat. So quit being bitches and bringing up bullying or whatever the fuck stupid <laughs> nonsense into it. Fucking, it's wrestling. It's a fucking, God damn it, I hate people. Anyways, but I'm not going to say the wrestling was the greatest because the Big Show is an older version of the Big Show. So he kind of just like wanted to fuck him up. Didn't really work. And um, afterwards, Grady Orton, Andrade, and Angel Garza got the win. Uh, at the end of it, Big Show readies for a choke slam, but Orton runs in and attempts an RKO but gets shoved off. Orton poncho from outside the ring, allowing Andrade to apply a sleeper. To the giant, Big Show slings him off and tags Ivar, who drops Andrade and tags Eric. Andrade and Garza uh, toss Ivar out. Then Orton gets the RKO on Eric for the win. So what did you think about the match and the interview beforehand, Chris? Oh, and the Kabuki Warriors and their beautiful dancing. 
Dancing's great. Love Kabuki Warriors. Um, Randy is has been incredible for the past six months. Uh, I have nothing negative to say about Randy Orton other than his matches bore the shit out of me, which <laughs> even the really, really good match he had against Edge is like, okay, you're doing throwbacks to wrestlers I like, like Eddie Guerrero and Chris Jericho and et cetera, et cetera. Dean Malenko. I get it. I get, I get what you guys are doing. It's cute. Um, yeah, not a huge Randy Orton fan. But um, the tease of the punt, right? Like punting the big show. I mean, the end goal is he's going to punt the big show, right? Oh yeah, he's going to he's going to erase him for the next five months of television until he randomly shows up as a heel. <laughs> he's going to erase him until the that the new Netflix show is done for season two. Uh, the big show here. It feels forced and weird, especially because they've changed this group a lot. Right? Mm-hmm. With Angel and Selena specifically, I mean, I mean, the entire thing seems very forced. Like, Austin Theory was in their group. Selena is just like, oh, I guess they exist and we're friends. What What is the storyline with Angel and... Uh, Andrade, they're not and, getting along. The, the two of them are fucking each other up in their matches because they don't get along because they're both two hot-headed gentlemen. Um, and I think that's the only thing they really got. And Selena's going to have to make a decision. She probably will choose Andrade uh, because Angel's more of someone that can become a babyface compared to the two of them, is what I'm assuming, at least. Man, I would do the opposite. But I, I like both ways. I mean, I don't know. They're they're both so great. I thought this match was pretty good, but uh, I don't have. I mean, I don't have much to say about it other than that. Like Big Show was there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, look, uh. I love the Giant. Like, go back and watch like you know '96 Hog Wild. Big Show is beating the shit out of everybody. He's jumping off top rope. He's seven foot three. He's like seven hundred pounds or whatever the fuck he was back in the day. It's crazy, and he's just smoking a cigarette the entire time. He's basically the Sandman at WCW. Yeah, he was. <laughs> so, like, I love Big Show. Big Show's great, but this was bad. This, did you like this? Like, other than Andrade and and it was fine. I mean, it was it was uh, basically just. Uh, make the storyline continue between Randy Orton and Big Show and get to that match. Do you think Andrade and um, Angel like took bets on who would take the best bumps because they were just flying all over the ring? They were, man. I mean, if, you got ch- if you're a wrestler and you got a chance to fight the Big Show, you're like, can you chop me in the corner? It's like, really, do you want to do that? But uh, I don't know. They're like, fucking throw me 900 feet. Go for it. They don't focus enough on Selena Vega. I think she's the the best manager they've had in a very, very, very long time. Yep. And uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I have a lot of problems with this. Like, I, I, why the fuck is Randy Orton going against the Big Show? He'd be Edge. Edge is just done. 
Edge is injured. I mean, I guess that that's the reason why they had to like abruptly go to someone random like the Big Show. You know, Vince probably called him was like, "Hey, pal," and you know, we don't have Edge, but we think that you're kind of like Edge. Well, you're a legend, so we need to kill you. I mean, they should they should have done when he first retired. They bring back Christian. Uh, I don't. I was glad that match didn't go longer than it did, and. If Christian thinks that he can't be doing in-ring shit because of his concussion uh, track record, Jesus Christ. I don't know why the punt was a good idea because there's so little. Obviously, you can nail it perfectly without hurting someone, but there's little. That that was a dumb move, I think, to do on Christian. Um, uh, Randy's so good. He, I mean, he barely touched the dude. Well, didn't he nail fucking Vince? When he first started Probably doing that? on purpose. <laughs> like, <laughs> Sorry about that, boss. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. We got on Somas. <laughs> um, but kind of relating to this, after Rick Player uh, is backstage with Randy Orton, running down his accomplishments, our truth runs into Orton and knocks him down. Orton uh, gets in the face of Truth, but ter- Truth turns to Flair and says he's he's cleaned up well. For the dirtiest player in the game, too clean. He knows he's Akira Tozawa. Before Flair can protest anything, Tozawa's voice can be heard yelling, so Truth runs off. Tozawa and his ninjas appear and look terrified of Orton. <laughs> so stupid. Randy tells them Truth went the opposite way that he ran off to, and the uh, announcers ponder why Orton might help out our Truth. So I guess we're going to come back to that at some point, but. Um, I don't know. If, I don't think they addressed that on this episode of Raw, but I didn't like this. I mean, unless Randy's going to fuck up our truth, I guess is what you're going to do. Legend killer shit. But if not, why the hell? Why did you interact that type of comedy with Randy Orton and Ric Flair when they've been going the opposite approach, especially with Randy Orton as of lately? It just seemed kind of stupid. Agreed. Felt really dumb. Um, choppy, choppy, VP. Choppy choppy pee pee. Is that what they're doing? What the fuck is it with the ninja gang? <laughs> they care it's his hour. I mean, every time the ninja By the gang way, shows up, anyways, they get their ass kicked. So. I'm pretty sure Akira is born over here and he speaks fluent English. Like, he's. I've, I've seen him in interviews. He doesn't. Like, this is so. Just like the Kabuki Warriors. So borderline fucking just ignorant like racist it's just ridiculous agreed and also he is a good wrestler so just have him have good ass wrestling matches yeah push him like you pushed Tajiri back in the day like he didn't get that high but he had great match with William Regal on Raw and he wasn't treated that much like a joke well actually when him and Regal became it doesn't I don't know they don't know how to book Asian wrestlers at all in WWE, outside of like Oscar and Gary Zane, you, yeah, no, nah, not really. <laughs> no. Mm. All right, so uh, this is just great stuff. The Iconics were backstage, and Royce uh, says she can't wait to beat up Ruby Riot. Uh, they say that she has ugly tattoos and has no friends, and she says that she's such a loser. But Ruby appears behind them and calls them dumbasses. Ruby says she's never had an issue with them, but hears their voices and makes her neck twitch. Her focus is on them tonight, and when all is said and done, it's not going to be 
iconic. It's going to be tragic. Too bad she couldn't back that shit up. Ruby Riot and Billy Ray, uh, B- Billy Kay, I should say, went against each other with Peyton in her corner. The match begins with Ruby connects a few punches into Billy, but runs into a big foot. Kay forces Ruby to the corner and chokes her with her boot. Kay applies a bow and arrow submission to Ruby, but she fights out into a pin attempt for one. Ruby drills Kay with her right hand, then hits a back elbow and slams Kay into the buckles. Royce causes a distraction, allowing Kay to punch her in the throat and hit a boot to the face. I felt like this was a Canadian, a boot, but no, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Kay, hits a, Kay hits a power bomb for the win. Winner, Billy Kay! God damn it. Send Ruby Riot back down to fucking NXT. I keep on saying that about certain people, but it's like, okay, now we're just going to beat the shit out of her. She's still tough. She looks tougher than both these girls. She catches them talking shit. She actually interacted with them well from her position, and then she gets her ass kicked by Billy fucking Kay. How, how dare you insult the Iconics? One I, of the greatest tag teams I've ever seen in my entire life. I put them right up there with the... No, I'm just kidding. I can't even do this. I can't even... <laughs> Can't. Can't even fucking continue. Uh, I don't know, it's man. bad. This match was okay. <laughs> uh, so, we have the, the main event. First, Nikki Cross makes her entrance and joins the commentary team. Uh, she definitely got kicked off of that because she would make a distraction later on. We have Asuka with Kari Sane in her side going against Bailey with Sasha Banks. And her side, champion versus champion match. And it gets underway, and Asuka drops Bailey with the shoulder, then tries to take her down with an armbar, but Bailey rolls from the ring. Asuka attempts a baseball slide, but Bailey grabs her feet, spins her around, and knees her in the face. That was pretty awesome. Bailey gets um, in the face of Nikki Cross and slaps her headset off, leading to Cross getting carried out by security guards. That's right, that's what happened. Bailey jumps off the apron at Asuka, but eats a knee to the face. Um, back, uh, Asuka slams Bailey, then kicks her in the back. Bailey drops repeated forearm to the back of Asuka, then slams her face into the mat. Bailey puts Asuka in the corner and lays in some shots, then hits a snapmare into a sleeper. Asuka starts to fight up, but Bailey slams her back down. Asuka is thrown from the ring. And Banks starts to get involved, but Sane helps her. Bailey uh, drives through the ropes and into a knee from Asuka. Back in the ring, Asuka drills the SmackDown champion with kicks and a running knee for a near fall. Bailey runs out of the ring, then slides back in uh, to get the upper hand and catapult Asuka into the middle rope. Then again, uh, Bailey sends Asuka out of the ring and slams her into the announce table. Bailey talks trash with Samoa Joe. As we head into a break, what do you think of the match so far? And just this match in general, Chris, give me your give me your thoughts because I thought this was obviously the best match on the card. And... I thought it was the best. I honestly thought it was the best match of the night. Obviously, you have two big stars, both great in the ring, and uh, I. It's so weird because you have the uh, what is Becky calling? Uh, not Becky, but uh, Bailey calling them the double tag or the double I don't even know what she's calling them. I tried anyways to it was it, I thought it was okay. Yeah I thought, I thought it was, the match was good. 
I thought it was a very good match in comparison to the rest of the show. Probably my favorite match of the show, honestly. This was my uh, favorite match of SmackDown and Raw. <laughs> we haven't I, even gotten to SmackDown, by the way. God, why is Raw three hours? Because you need this match, dude. <laughs> so dumb. All right. But um, continuing of where I was. Uh, Bailey is in command when we come back from commercials of Asuka uh, and is grinding her into the mat. Asuka rallies, but Bailey drops her for two count, then goes to talk to Banks about tactics. Bailey puts Asuka down and pushes her face into the mat again with her forearm. Uh, Asuka makes a comeback with a spinning back fist, uh, followed by a code breaker, a drop kick, and a knee to the face, followed by a running splash from Asuka. The Empress hits a release German suplex, super kick, and a running hip attack for a near fall. I mean, maybe you should have thrown in a pedigree, a rock bottom, and a stunner in there. And then that would have been able to do it. That was a lot of moves. Oscar <laughs> uh, kicks Bailey against the middle rope, then attempts another hip attack, but gets caught by Bailey and forearmed. Bailey runs into a legit spinning back fist from Oscar uh, right into the forehead. I remember that. She knocked the crap out of her. Then Oscar knocks her from the apron to the floor. Asuka attempts a running kick from the apron, but it's cut, and Bailey slams her down. Asuka kicks Bailey, then hits a missile drop kick from the top rope for a near fall. Asuka gets knocked from the top rope to the floor, then Bailey drills her with a knee against the barricade. Bailey puts her back in the ring, puts her back into the ring, I should say, but takes a minute to cheap shot Kari Sane. The referee deals with uh, Sane, allowing Banks to hit Asuka and. Bailey lands a side suplex with a near fall. Banks runs over to the announce table and grabs a bottle of water. Bailey takes a drink, then throws it over uh, at Asuka. Nikki Cross appears in the crowd, beating on the glass, and Bailey backs up. Asuka grabs Bailey and drags her into the ring with the Asuka lock. Banks runs in, but gets uh, taken out by Kari Sane. Bailey... Uh, Rolls backwards, but Asuka counters into a roll-up and gets a win. So Asuka beat her. Um, we see replays at the end of the match. Banks and Bailey retreat up the ramp while Asuka poses uh, with her belt. Next week, the Kabuki Warriors will challenge for the Tag Women's Championship. And that's it. That was the end of Raw. Uh, like we both said, I thought this was a really good match. Um, I mean, who knew? If you put fucking Oscar and Bailey in a match together, they're not going to have the best match out of your two main programs. But uh, you, have good back little, you have to feel a little better, like a little bad for Bailey. Like, all right, who am I wrestling this week? You got Lacey Evans for four weeks. And she's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, but yeah, not a bad way to end Raw. Uh, I don't know what the dip in ratings or if there was an increase in ratings at the last hour, but that was a pretty good match. Um, I, I don't but, have the rating numbers in front of me, but it was around, from what I remember, it was around 1.5. It very similar, but it was the, some of the lowest raw ratings. I think I think Brian said second lowest raw ratings in modern time. So like let's say last ten years, and. Uh, SmackDown is going to be very similar. Oh, God. Well, we have a karaoke fucking contest in this goddamn thing. Oh, thank God SmackDown's shorter. Yeah, it was, it was only, it's only two hours long, so it's not as bad. 
I hated the beginning of this. I don't like any of this shit with Jeff Hardy. I think it's fucked up. I think it's fucked up he's having a bar match with Sheamus. It's like, why would you take someone that is a proven past alcoholic and drug addict that's struggling and trying to clean himself up just recently that you guys don't even touch on, had a fucking DUI, like, what, six months ago? And is still trying to get through this, and you're just slamming in the face. Someone was talking about this on Wrestling Inc.'s podcast at the breakdown. Um, it was Justin Labar. He was talking back with Matt Morgan because Matt has a problem with this because Jeff's his friend. And he's like, I've had addiction issues. I'm very serious about that. I don't understand why you would mix that in. Doesn't send a really good message. And like, if you would have put this, unless this is all just fuck you, Jeff Hardy, you're on the way out, you know, you won't resign, go eat a dick, and we're going to insult you like this, which is terrible. But I, you know, it's WWE. They're like, why didn't you put, since it doesn't make any sense to put Bray Wyatt against fucking Braun Strowman right now, because what the hell are you going to do? You're backing yourself in a corner because eventually it's going to be Fiend and, and Braun, and then you're going to put it back on the Fiend? Why not have Bray in him and make it more psychological and, like, you know, delve into if you want to say he's had problems instead of, like, you've had problems in the past? Like, do it like that. Don't do it, like, blatant like this. It's just gross. And Mrs. Morrison, like, whatever. It was – I know that they're told what to do. I just think it's it, – ha, you used to be an alcoholic. It's like, why is that the thing? The match with Miz was fine. I mean, you and can then, always love Sarah J. You know, she lost about Sheamus herself. comes out. Just shut up! up! <laughs> the fucking Danny DeVito. <laughs> I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to be emotional. I'm mad about alcoholism. Damn it. <sighs> well, yeah, but like when we lead it in with the porn vibe, everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, damn, they're talking about some hentai." Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, I, I'm not down for animated tentacles. That's fucked up. Um. All right, let's start it. Just give me like five seconds so you can clip this out and not put it on the recording. All right. I I have the power. Shut up, Chris. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, he comes out and, and says, um, basically, we're going to have a bar fight. Match, not really anything to talk about. Um, I'm pretty sure Jeff Hardy won. Uh, yeah, Jeff Hardy won. And like I said, that's going to be the thing. They're going to have a bar fight. Isn't that great, Chris? Yes, it's awesome. I mean, if you're <laughs> like Jeff, if you're like Jeff Hardy, apparently you're just in, you know you're in your wheelhouse. You're like, let me get let me get some booze, get a little bit of meth, a little bit. Of... No, sorry, no, it's fucked up. Why are they doing this? This is Maybe not like we're confirmed. And Miz said that they should have it, but I'm pretty sure they announced that. And I thought Cesaro came on the screen and said that. Maybe I'm going crazy. I watched this last night. I'll just say that. And don't get mad at me. Get mad at the fucking the show itself. I, I mean, I don't have to get mad. Rebby Hardy will get mad enough for both of no, us. No, not you. People out <laughs> in the world. Yeah, Rebby's probably fucking pissed. <laughs> She's like, I, what, why, why would you do that? I mean, if you're going to do this, at least make him like Raven, right? Like make Jeff Hardy Raven, essentially. Or do the opposite and make uh, Seamus the bad guy. This is, the the big problem is this is the Seamus, Chris, uh, fuck, not Chris, CM Punk storyline. 
uh, the the CM Punk Chris Jericho storyline. It's the same fucking thing. It sucked then. It sucks now. It's bad. And also, like, I don't know that I want to see another Sheamus Jeff Hardy match. Not because of Jeff Hardy, just because Sheamus mostly. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. I just, like I said, I think this is kind of a worthless storyline that's really unnecessary, and especially if it's, if if you're not having some type of comeuppance to Sheamus and Jeff Hardy's going to be heroic and all this, if this is just a fuck you because he doesn't want to sign an extension, like, just really classy. I mean, you can't really make him look like a hero if he lost clean last match, got his yeah. head punted and then he accidentally ran over someone and they never called anybody about it. And then like, dude, this entire shit is they're burying Jeff Hardy. He might as well go out like Rob Van Dam, just smoke all the weed he can on the way out. Like he's like, all right, well, we already know what it is. So might as well get high as fuck. Not that I am. I not, not that I'm saying that Jeff Hardy should do drugs again. But they're not encouraging him not to do drugs or alcohol again. <laughs> no, they're probably going to have him in a fucking bar fighting Sheamus. Which he should win, unless Conor McGregor shows up or they do something fucking weird. Uh, I mean, like, Conor protects Sheamus, his fellow Irish friend. No, I think Conor stands up for Jeff being the smaller guy, right? Like, Conor, the, you know. Can we get Conor McGregor in the WWE already? Like, fucking pay him a bunch of money. Just get him to come over. He's already like, if you guys want to pay me, but that paycheck's going to be so large. Oh, my God. You might get some faces on the screen, though. I'm just saying. Someone, he's not. He, he hasn't trained in wrestling. Just give him, like, five fucking months. He'll be fine. Like, all he's got to do is take it, like, all he's got to do is suplex people and take a flat back bump. He's fine. <laughs> it's, it's not. But the promos, oh, God. And him going against certain people would be just lovely. If if they let him promo the way he promos, though, you got to let him say whatever he wants to say. And you just bleep it out afterwards. USA is just going to have to get – it's not a PG show anymore. It's like, well, yeah, well you, got, you kind of hired Conor McGregor. So what the fuck are you on about? What the fuck? You dumb fuck. All right. Well, we can keep on dreaming that Conor will come there. but. I don't know. Anyways. My honest honest opinion on the Jeff Hardy thing, and we've talked about this on multiple shows, is it is a very shitty thing to do. It's it's a very shitty thing to do to someone that is in rehab that you're paying for and has been been in rehab multiple times that you've paid for to go against Sheamus, who you're not going to book as a top star regardless. Like, if Jeff is done after this, they're not pushing Sheamus to the moon, even if he beats Jeff. So it's the entire fucking storyline is kind of pointless and uh, just really kind of shitty to Jeff. It seems like they're just like, hey, for that time you got drunk, that was pretty cool, right? Yep. I don't know, man. All right, so Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura were in an interview. Uh, I forgot the name of the new interviewer. She's from Impact and she was on NXT. Uh, It doesn't matter. Did she have uh, but, one name and then ask something like, what do you think about losing that last match that you guys had? 
No, she actually said she said uh, that that uh, they're considered the underdogs in this, and both the Shinsuke and Cesaro got mad by that comment and said they were going to beat the New Day and win the titles. Uh, or I don't remember if it was a title match or not. We'll find out later on, guys. Don't worry. But we have Bailey and Banks versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Um, the story of this match: Nikki's fucking crazy. She hates the two of them, Bailey and Banks. And because of this, her bullshit causes the match, and Bailey and Banks win it. Uh, because at the end of it, uh, Bliss hit her double knee, her double knees, and tagged in uh, Nikki Cross, who went to town on Sasha Banks. Nikki hit a bulldog and ran Banks in the head into the turnbuckle before climbing up. Bailey knocked Cross off the top ropes and took uh, the tag to almost get a pinfall. Bailey locked a tornado DDT, but Cross landed a neckbreaker. Then Bailey got a roll up uh, and used the ropes. She kind of had a problem doing that, but she got one foot on the ropes uh, for the win. So distractions, and she caused the two of them to get a title. Um, so Bailey and Sasha are still your champions. When are they gonna fucking do this and take it back to NXT again? Like obviously they pop ratings. Let's have a good tag match instead of these mediocre WWE ones. And I like Alexa Bliss and Nikki, but this is just... So Nikki's causing a lot of problems for herself. Alexa Bliss is probably going to call her out, and then she's going to beat the shit out of Alexa Bliss. And you're going to have a baby face Alexa Bliss and a heel Nikki Cross? Eh. What'd you think, Chris? It was there. (laughs) It was was there! It wasn't fucking very good, but it was definitely there. Hey, do you remember when we have three tag teams and then sometimes they wrestle each other and their matches aren't very good? That yeah. was this. <laughs> Fucking... Oh my god. You have so much great female talent. So you didn't like it, is what you're saying? No, I mean... It's disrespectful for me to say I didn't like it because I think it was fine. I mean, there was a couple botch spots towards the end or whatever, and I don't like the... God, I can't even think of her name right now. Uh, Alexa's partner. Nikki Cross? Yeah, Nikki Cross just constantly looks like Beavis all the time. All of her emotions is like... Uh, is Jeff Cornette hates, hates fucking Kenny Omega? He's definitely... He has to definitely hear her. It's like Beavis all the time. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, it was fine. It was an okay match, but... There's three tag teams. Three. The entire division. You might as well just have a three-way every night and see who wins. Mm. Like, the fuck... Like, you know, like, you might as well have Teddy along be like... We're going to have a three-way tag team match, player, player, because there's no other female tag teams. I agree. That's why it's like, why don't you defend those titles on NXT? Uh, they actually they actually have teams on there. So they did a replay of the Bray Wyatt-Braun Strowman match uh, for Money in the Bank. I'm not going to go over that, guys. Uh, Braun won, obviously, but, Braun. you know. New Day cut a promo backstage. They were uh, very excited and confident about the chances that they will leave as SmackDown champions once again. And then we had karaoke. <sighs> so Jey Uso, who can still wrestle, by the way, still a very efficient wrestler, 
Jimmy Uso, uh, Naomi's husband, is injured. Um, he won't be in for any time soon, so instead of having him wrestle, he's the host of Karaoke Time. Segment in which Lacey Evans, Dana Brooke, Tamina, and Naomi uh, got to compete and sing karaoke songs um, with, with the lyrics still intact on the fucking recordings of different various WWE themes. Lacey Evans sang uh, My Baby Tonight, and it appears, you know, with all the interactions and fighting, that she is now a heel again, which I thought they actually had a chance to turn her into a pretty decent baby face, but they're not doing that. Uh, Dana Brooks was doing a good job with the Honky Tonks uh, theme song, you know, gyrating her hips and whatnot, and uh, Jimmy just wasn't having it, so he cut her, uh, cut her off really quite uh, from the start. And then we had Tamina try to do uh, Lemmy, um, and once again, Us uh, stopped her almost immediately. And then, of course, Naomi, and she sang the Dusty Rhodes theme song. This is the only good thing about this fucking segment, was Naomi singing the Dusty Rhodes uh, song, just because I love that damn song. It's one of my favorites. Um, the, and the, the, the WWF theme song? I love yeah. it, man. I'm a He's just a common man working hard with his hands. Uh, it's anyways, great. you're not wrong. <laughs> it's pretty good. Lacey Evans and Naomi uh, had a match because everyone started beating the shit out of each other. And in the midst of this match, the other two ladies got involved. All of them started beating the crap out of each other and no one won. So great stuff. I don't know why I watched this. <laughs> I thought this was bad. <laughs> what do you think, Chris? I think Lacey Evans' voice is a lot better than everybody else's, and they did not actually let her sing. They were like, uh, yeah, you're going to need you to calm your fucking voice down, because she has posted some things. Uh, what, what, what is it? Like, uh, uh, I'm so lonesome for you. Look that up on our Twitter. It's just, she's lit. She's really great. But uh, outside of that, I mean, like, whatever. I mean, Dana Why is Lacey heel? No. I, I don't know because they're bad at wrestling. <laughs> I don't know why. Why was she a hill to begin with? Why was she teaming with Baron Corbin? She was, she was in the military. Like uh, she is, uh, she is John Cena, but she can actually sing regardless of what this karaoke skit says. I mean, they built the karaoke skit around her, but then didn't actually like let her sing, sing. So I, I I fucking know what this company is doing. Like, look, man, look at the ratings. Half the fucking fans know what this company's doing. It's so sad. Uh, winner, nobody. That's what the person put for this I mean, whole entire thing. I mean, Dana was on TV, so that's the, that's that's dope. Love you, Dana. She shout can out. dance her ass off, man. <laughs> yeah, shout out Dana Brooke. Hanging out with young boy Batista. It's awesome. <laughs> um, apparently, Batista has a knee in his member. I have, I have heard uh, tell of this <laughs> from uh, Cornette and other people. Conrad Thompson, I said this last time. <laughs> he, he's now doing it to like other people besides like Arne Anderson. He'll joke around with like, so how big is Batista's dick? <laughs> it's just a joke, like an inside joke, because he did that to fucking uh, Bruce Pritchard years ago, and they had a conversation about it. It was really, really awkward, but hilarious. Uh. I will say that 
Dana Brooke is a very nice lady I've talked to multiple times. And she's awesome and, and a pretty good wrestler. They should book her better. I agree. Thumbs up, Danny Brooke. <laughs> also, wear the checkered, the checkered uh, top gear. We like that. We do that. <laughs> All right. So AJ cut a promo backstage. He was happy about beating Gulak last week. He said nobody's worthy to step in the ring with him, that he's beaten everyone already. And the, uh, the interviewer was like, well, actually, you have a match next week. And he's like, with who? Well, with Matt Riddle, who beat you on his debut. So we're going to get Matt Riddle against AJ Styles. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Even though, you know, all the stuff that was said. It fucking sucks, dude. We can't even talk about two good wrestlers having a good match. Sucks. Why? Because of allegations and shit? Yes. And he's on Bubble the Love Sponge and, like... He posted that Twitter video, and now it gets really, really fucking weird. And AJ Styles is probably like, hi, man, I just got to waft three kids. I just want to hang out in Gainesville, Georgia, play my classic video game. <laughs> like, Yeah, I know. But here's what it is. Apparently, Vince sees a lot in Matt Riddle and loves his personality and thinks that he, he – apparently, well, from what Dave said, he made comparisons – or the person that he talked to said that Vince is making comparisons about him and Shawn Michaels when Shawn Michaels first started doing the, I don't know, just just don't fuck him up. And um, I watched a video with Matt Riddle um, that was, I you know, very big of him, I guess, to try to lay all that type of stuff out because you're talking about infidelity um, and whatnot. And, you know, it's they got to have some type of court thing and that's got to situate the whole thing. Um all I will say is that some people that were commenting, it's like, you still cheated on your wife. Look, if 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 a couple fucking has problems and there's infidelity and they can get past that and all that type of shit, condemn him for that too, but that's not on the same fucking level as what is being said. So don't just say, all right, well, you're still a demon because you were, you know, you fucked up in your marriage and shit like that compared to forcing a girl to fucking give you a blowjob. You know, it's it was like a very, it was a very, the, the allegations against him was very heinous. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know. Obviously we all, we weren't there, so we have no fucking clue. Right. But I mean, the allegations of what was said with him is really bad. And compared to and, infidelity. Uh, yeah. And his response was like, I cheated on my wife. She knows about this. This person is a stalker. So you can take one side or the other side on this one. If you, if you're, if I want to put this properly, I don't know what happened. Obviously. I don't think anyone does. Right. But, uh, I mean, a forced blow job in a car full of a bunch of people feel that like are not named, by the way, <laughs> we don't know named. who they are. And didn't do anything about it. Apparently two of them were sleeping and the driver just didn't care. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say Enzo Amore, but like <laughs> Enzo Amore on the situation. Yep. Uh, especially when you got a restraining order and this person's harassing you and your wife and you go on multiple radio shows talking about it. I mean, I don't want to. And the, fact, and the fact that the allegations came out on the day that he was starting on SmackDown. That's good timing. Yeah. Um, 
it's it's just a weird thing with Matt Riddle because it's not I, like a Velveteen Dream thing is like what the fuck you, you should be fired and I love Velveteen Dream but like I if I looked at that guy I was like nope not superstar anymore <laughs> sorry no he's got to do some serious legal shit to get that fucking cleaned up before I can even look I, at him the same I, way I don't, not, I'm never gonna look at him the same way he's done. He's done for me. He's done. Well, you gotta, you gotta. I, I, the thing is, I disagree with is, I mean, there is a legal system in all this, and we gotta stop being judge, juries, and executioners. You know, because in situations in the past, there has been a lot of people that have been put in the spotlight of this evil monster, and then we find out it's a bunch of bullshit. So, once you hit like seven or eight allegations, bro, it's not. It's a trend, not necessarily a. Then I, why has WWE not dropped him yet? I'm going that, judge. I'm going Judge Dredd on this, and you're going very RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just, it's it's really disappointing, if anything. But kind of like what we're saying about Matt Riddle, I don't know. There's a lot of... The, the whole Riddle thing was, like, so verbal and very outspoken of what happened and how it happened and who was there and who wasn't there. Um, and then, like, Matt Riddle was like, I have a restraining order and like, yeah, I cheated on my wife. That sucks. It's kind of like the, it's, it's, I don't want to compare it to the Jim Cornette thing where he's like, yeah, we're swingers or whatever, but yeah, he's got their swingers. Who gives a fuck? That's their, that's their sex life. It's like he cheated on his wife, dude. <laughs> like that's a lot of wrestlers. Honestly. Yeah. And it's, it's terrible, but it's nowhere near the level of what he's being accused of doing, you know, like, Ric Flair was naked in his front yard with Terry Funk headbutting his oh dog while his wife came home with two kids. Like, if we're going to start, <laughs> I've talked about this before, but we're going to start drawing fucking comparisons of wrestling to bad shit that's happened over the years. I mean, like Sandman in general, like Sandman, New Jack. New Jack tried to kill a fucking guy. <laughs> so where does, where does this? like throw off the level of uh your love for wrestling versus your uh your opinion on how law should work or whatever but uh i don't know the 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 whole fucking matt riddle shit is very very fucking weird and we're gonna have to continue to talk about it because i don't think he's going away no nope. because it seems like this person definitely ends up worried him kind of well apparently i mean from what it all sounds like, he's taking her to court. So, um, which is what Enzo did, and he won. <laughs> and then he put out that consensual penis song. So, oh my god! <laughs> like, it seems very bad for everyone involved, and it's not good for Matt Riddle. It's not good for WWE. But, uh, but I will say, if anyone is taking advantage of that movement. I really would hope that human beings wouldn't do this, especially women, because they have to deal with a lot of fucking shit, like, obviously out there. And if you don't believe that, you're an idiot Um, with, you know, sexual harassment and stuff like that. And if anyone's taking advantage of that movement to get back at an ex-spouse, I think that's kind of fucked up just in general. So I hope that people have higher integrity than that. But I also hope that Matt Riddle is not lying, too. So I I mean, yeah. 
I mean, we don't like 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 I said, we don't know. Like, I mean, he could be like like out of nowhere, the bus driver could be like, "Oh, that happened." <laughs> you should see what oh, like, oh, that guy's a fucking asshole. <laughs> like, <laughs> bus driver is is uh, Jeremy uh, Epstein or some shit like that. Yeah, maybe you get what I'm saying, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, case, I like. Man, what a weird time to be a wrestling fan. Remember yeah, back no, in the 90s, no audience. <laughs> remember back in, well, remember now when Buff Bagwell hires himself out for five hundred dollars a night? No one has a problem with that. <laughs> no, well, you know, prostitution is illegal, but it's not as uh, looked down upon as yeah, it's force force blowies. It's legal in Las Vegas, so it's fine. It's, he's fine. He's just helping out. He's he's an escort. Remember, that's different. There's no sex guaranteed. He just escorts older ladies and then bangs their brains out. When they we, say we, that should, we should do a whole separate episode on Buff Bagwell of being like, possibly being one of the biggest baby faces of all time, if not fucked up and not breaking his neck. And how he might be the uh, the illegitimate father of uh, Mark Cadona. Um <laughs> All right, last match. <laughs> last match, and then we're we're done finally. <laughs> God, Ron SmackDown are so. I mean, like I said, sometimes they have a good match here and there, or they'll have a good show, and it's like, wow, that wasn't bad. And then you have slogs like this. But our last match was between the New Day uh, and Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro uh, for the SmackDown um, tag team titles. So it starts off Shinsuke getting control. And remember, Shinsuke's pinned Kofi now twice. That was the whole build-up to this. Uh, Shinsuke gained control after sidestepping Kofi's knee early on. He tags Cesaro, who came in to pummel Kofi a bit. And then he put Kofi across turnbuckle and tagged Nakamura, who landed a running knee for a two-count. Cesaro tagged in. Biggie lifted Nakamura to the floor from the apron. And Kofi uh, turned the tables on Cesaro. Then the New Day did a unicorn stampede on Cesaro. Cesaro went outside uh, to and Biggie launched Kofi onto the both of them. Then we have a cut to commercial. But when we get back, when they returned from the commercial, Shinsuke had control again. Kofi was in a headlock and trying to fight out of it. Kofi nailed an SOS, but he didn't get a pin. Kofi got uh, to Biggie, but Cesaro was tagged in as well. Biggie threw Cesaro twice and hit a belly to belly. Biggie uh, swirled his hip and Missed a big splash, uh, and Cesaro rolled away. Cesaro maintained control on Big E a bit, and Kofi tagged himself in. Then they hit a double uh, knee, but Nakamura broke up the pinfall attempt. Uh, Big E got kicked off the apron by Nakamura, and then Cesaro went and tagged Nakamura. Kofi rolled him up for a two-count. Nakamura flipped Kofi on his face, and then Big E was taken out. Of the ring, Kofi had to fight both Cesaro and Shitsuke off. Then Big E joined the fight, and the referee called for the bell. <laughs> I don't even know why. Uh, I guess it was a double countout. I don't know. After the match, they continued to brawl, and the crowd booed, and Cesaro grabbed a table from under the ring. They sent Big E into the steps, and then Kofi was sent into the apron. Cesaro set up the table in the ring. They put Big E on the table and powerbombed Kofi through him which looked fucking painful as shit, stood tall, grabbed the belts, put them above their heads, and threw them on the champions. So 
and I, I think that Corey Graves said something like, "They'll they'll continue this fight." So this is obviously leading to a two on two, probably a stipulation where it's like hardcore. So there's no, going to be no countouts or some bullshit, and it's going to be on the pay per view, is what I'm assuming. So just an extension of storyline with a match that was fine, with an ending that was stupid. Uh, Chris, what'd you think? Cesaro is fucking great. He is great. Should probably use him more. <laughs> he God. could probably use him in, in something like, hey, you're in a tag team with Nakamura. Remember you had a manager named Sami Zayn? He's gone. <laughs> uh, I, I thought this was a very, very good main event. I hate the ending, though. They ruined it. They did. They were like, we're going to have a really good-ass wrestling match with good-ass wrestlers, and then uh, here's some fuckery. And uh, that, that kind of sums up SmackDown in general, man. Like, was there one match that you really loved on this show? Pretty much a tag match. That was about it. I mean, yeah. And that women's match between Bailey and Asuka was better than that. So, yeah, Raw had one good match on it out of two shows. They had two good ones. That's good. I mean, it's crazy because, like, you look at NXT and they're like, we're going to have a pay-per-view quality match. It's going to be 20 minutes. Keith Lee versus Adam Cole. No commercials. But then Raw, they're like, all right, we're just going to do some shit. But (laughs) the thing is, you know, and I, I completely agree with you. I guess they're looking at the fact that when Raw was held by Paul Heyman, he was having longer matches and he was losing viewers during those longer matches. So, I don't know. They're losing viewers because they're not booking the right fucking people. That's a good point, too. But that was it. Um, before we go, do you want to go over any of this? Uh, the We don't have to, but uh, the spoilers to the uh, the... We'll just say the main event of the tournament for the New Japan Cup. Yeah, let's go ahead and go to, to tonight, right? So the final. No, this is from this is from last night. This is the final. Oh, this is okay. Yeah, I have from last I have, night and then tonight. I have in front of me Naito, right? Naito versus whoever wins this tournament. Is that is? Oh, okay. Yeah, Dominion's tonight. Yeah, I gotta fucking watch that. Why can't I find this? Ugh, never mind. I'll just get a goddamn account again. We got um, at four in the morning. <laughs> so basically, I'm not going to go over the first couple ones because we did that last time, and it it just kind of. So Master Wado defeated uh, Dokai, which we kind of said they've been pushing uh, Wado with the new look. Um, Ishimori and Takahashi defeated Bushi and Sonata. Uh, so Bull Club beat Lij, and that's um. Uh, uh, the Tokyo Pimp t- Takashi, not Hiromu. Um, Kanemaru, El Desperado, Zack Sabre Jr., and Taichi defeated Taguchi, Nagata, Ibushi, and Tanahashi. You were right about that, Chris. Uh, they pulled Suzuki out of this whole thing because of the uh, COVID thing. Not that he has it. They just they want to be precautious with him. And I don't even know if that was his decision or just New Japan's in general. So I mean, he like was a, taking out that wait. match. He's like 175 years old. So. He's old as fuck, man. He was up in the 90s. He was in his prime, beating motherfuckers <laughs> up in UFC or uh, not UFC. Um, God damn it, Pancras. Working Ken Shamrock 
uh, yes, listen to that. Right. If, you, if you made it this this far into the show, listen to our interview with Ken Shamrock, where I ask him about uh, Minoru Suzuki. He wants him still. Um, so yeah, I, I get it. I completely get it of why they they're 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 doing that. So that's why Tai Chi I think was put in his place um, instead, which is a great upgrade. Not um, Tetsuya Naito, Hiromu, and Shingo Takagi defeated Sho Tariano and Ishii, but let's talk about the big winner between Kazuchika Okada and Evil for the Jap, uh, the New Japan Cup Finals, and Evil beated Kazuchika Okada and is now going to be going against his mentor and teacher, Tetsuya Naito, for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Okada lost. I don't know what happened in this match. I don't know if there was any fuckery. Great win for Evil. And a very interesting storyline that we were talking about, dynamics of him against Naito, what's Naito going to do, you know, in this. Uh, I don't think that Evil's going to beat Naito, but, you know, is Naito going to be very spiteful? Is he going to throw him out? You know, what could they do with this whole thing? And what does that mean for Exactly, is he ousted? I don't know. Sonata and Evil, they both were on the tournament against him, and now And also, Evil beat the... I went back and watched a lot of highlights because someone said this. Apparently, Evil was acting pretty devious against Sonata for his victory. So he's he's kind of fucking with LIJ a bit. And now he's going to go against Naito. But what does this mean for Okada? And what do you think, Chris, about the fact you're hearing Evil won? Evil beat Kazuchika Okada. I don't think it was necessarily the plan for Evil to make it all the way through. But it's a great storyline. And fuck yes, Evil won a tournament. Hell yeah. Like, it's not going to hurt Okada for him to lose. I'm sure. It's like, I, I can't wait to watch that fucking match because I'm, I'm assuming it's amazing. Like, when I saw them in the G1 against each other, but like, now you get Naito versus Evil. You get a whole storyline built in. It's going to be amazing. So, uh, I am very excited. Very, very, very excited about this. Uh, Naito walks out champion, though. He's not losing either of those belts. Two belts. He's got. He has to use one to pay for his his chips or whatever. At convenience stores. Yep, and that's going to be there. There's only three matches uh, set for Dominion tonight. Uh, that at least that's what it looks like. That was eight hours ago. Maybe maybe this has it more. Nope, this is six hours ago. Like Naito and Evil for the IWG uh, GP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championship. We have Hiroshi uh, Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi, who are the IWGP Tag Team Champions, going against what was going to be Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. Now is Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. I really just don't get the appeal with Tai Chi at all. Never have. And then the Never Open Weight Championship with Shingo Takage going against Sho. That should be a damn good match, too. So I'm excited. I got a... Looks like I have to get another month's membership of New Japan so I can go back and watch this match and then watch uh, Dominion tomorrow once I awake because I'm not fucking waiting until 4 o'clock in the morning. But I'm very excited about that, Chris. Well, how about you? I mean, are, are you surprised that Evil beat Okada, I guess is the big question. Yeah, I am. I mean, there's we, we talked about this. There's more storyline aspects that you can do with Okada not winning, but then again, you're beating Okada. But then again, I think Okada, how do I say this? He's gotten this status quo where 
he's not going to like you said he's like like John Cena like if John Cena loses against someone that's good that they're trying to build it's not going to kill John Cena because he's like so over in the company or a Randy Orton or even a Roman Reigns like that type of level of credibility uh, Okada has that for New Japan so it's not going to hurt him it's just it's still kind of strange we could have had Okada against Naito for those championships um it seems weird for your first live match back live. Yeah. Your big match is Naito versus Evil, who's one of his teammates. Yep. Mm, it's a very weird matchup. But it's going to be a good-ass matchup. They're going to have a fucking great match. And it's one we haven't seen, so that's, that's cool. But it's going to be very weird not seeing Okada in the main event of Dominion. So weird. And I wonder if we're going to see Okada in something else. Um, I hope we get an updated card. I'd like to find out what's going on, unless they're just going to surprise us. Um, But, hey, interesting, man. Tatsuya Naito for both belts against Evil. I would love to see Evil become a huge star and bounce off of this and do something by himself. Me too. I think think Evil's a really good character and a great wrestler, so I'd be... The feud between those two would be really great. If he hooked up with maybe Bullet Club with Switchblade and Gaino or something, it'd be very interesting. Yep. All right. Well, guys, check out Dominion tomorrow. Uh, that is our review of Ron SmackDown. And uh, I hope you guys like the show. Um, catch us. We are usually do, do two shows a week. Um, usually have our AEW NXT reviewed shows and any news that's going on. We drop that around uh, Friday-ish, and then we usually record uh, this this show for Raw and SmackDown on Saturday. We'll have it out by the end of the weekend. So if you're a new listener, keep on listening. Uh, give us some feedback. Uh, you can find me at DaneAlves42 on Twitter and also DaneAlves on Facebook. You can go to Geek Vibes Nation on Facebook uh, and start a conversation on there. Uh, you know, talk to us. We love that. But uh, yeah, I'll uh, now give it to Chris. And uh, Chris, say goodbye to all the lovely people out there. Thank you guys for listening so much. We appreciate you every week. If you want to listen to hockey, new Skates to Throws podcast will be up probably Sunday or Monday. Check that out. Um, and if you want to talk to me, if you got something to say to me, <laughs> at Chris R. Batten on Twitter. Uh, whether it's wrestling, sports, anything you want to talk about, I'm here for you. Uh, Dane, thank you so much as always. And uh, yeah. All right. Well, if that is it, that is it. Uh, check us out next week for another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Peace out. Let the Geek Fives be with you. You guys have a good one. Have a good weekend. All right, bye. So she thought she'd give me a try I unlocked
I was doing all right till I turned on the light. 